You'll be ready for the action. It is a wrestling match. It's like riding a bull. You can feel it and you can see it here. The fans are getting excited to go racing in the streets of Long Beach. It's about time to crown a champion at the NTT IndyCar Series. Let's go, man. I love IndyCar racing. Live from the streets of Long Beach, California, this is the NTT IndyCar Series on the IndyCar Radio Network. Alex Below left Barber Motorsports Park way back in April after his Ganassi debut with the points lead. He still has it today in the season finale, leading Pato Award by 35 points and Joseph Newgarten by 47. Besides the championship battle, many in the field of 28 today driving for their professional futures, adding yet more intrigue to the finale. I'm Mark James. Welcome to the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Let's hear from many of the field of 28 today. Alex Wolf is with Colton Turner. Golden Herda fast all through the weekend, but a little bit of wall contact in the second round of qualifying, rolling off 14th. What's the outlook for the day coming from the middle of the back? Um, yeah, this is a tough race to start from the back. You know, really small windows. Um, the only thing that we really have going for us, we have a fast car and two sets of new red tires. So we'll try to use that to the best of our advantage uh, and move up as much as we can um, and wiggle our way with, with the little strategy room that we do have. I wish you the best of luck today. Thank you. Colton Hurdle will roll off of the outside of row seven. Let's go over to Ryan Marine with one of the championship contenders. Thanks so much, Alex. Pato Award is standing by. Pato set to start eighth here today. Championship still up for grabs for you. What is your mindset? What is the strategy to try and clinch your first title? Yeah, go forward, pass cars, and go for it, man. All we can do is, is, is try and win this race, and, and we'll see if the other chips fall in our favor. Um, it's going to be tough out there. Right? It's the last race of the season. It's a street course. I'm expecting it to be. Uh, it's going to be tough for everybody out there. So uh, we just need to keep our head down, keep pushing. We're going to have a great race car and ship it. Suffice it to say, you were not happy with your race car after the first practice. He said you need to yard sale the thing and see what happens. How much progress have you and the team made? Uh, we've made great progress. I kind of wish we had this this balance in qualifying yesterday, to be fairly honest with you. But um, I'm, just, I'm looking forward to it. I think we're going to have a good race, and we'll see what we can pull off. Good luck. Thank you. That's Pato Award. Alex? James Hinchcliffe, the 2017 champion here on the streets of Long Beach, rolls off on the inside of row four, talking to his teammate Alexander Rossi. You've done it before here, going to victory lane. What's it going to take to do it again? Uh, I mean, a lot. You know, even uh, starting up in uh, in the top ten there, it's, it's a big challenge. A lot of fast cars in front of us, obviously. But, uh, you know, I think smooth and staying out of trouble is going to be the name of the game. Uh, it's the last race. There's a lot on the line for a few guys and not a lot of line for the rest of the guys. So I think you're going to see uh, a lot of risk being taken just being in the last race, nothing to lose. Uh, so I think just being smart, good pit sequence here. You know, the strategy doesn't doesn't lend itself to too much creativity. So it's just about being smart and executing. And you talk about a lot of guys uh, running for things. Of course, a lot of a lot of talk surrounding you for 2022. Uh, is there a little bit of extra motivation for you to sort of uh, potentially audition for a suitors or maybe your same team? Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing is just wanting to end on a high note. You know, everybody on the 29 cars works, you know, work their tails off all year long. And, you know, it's no uh, no secret that we haven't had the year that we wanted results-wise on track. But we've had a lot of fun off track. It's a great group of people. And uh, I'd love to, you know, send them off into the offseason with, with a strong result. We wish you a good, safe day out there. Thank you very much. Ryan? Joseph Newgarden might be a long shot, but he still has a mathematical shot at the championship. Joseph, you look loose and relaxed, laughing backstage here before driver intros. Does your position make it a bit easier to be relaxed, given a lot of this is out of your hands at this point? 
Uh, I mean, we're just doing the same thing as always. You know, it's good to have a fast car. The team's done a great job. Excited from Team Chevy and Hitachi. And just want a clean day, clean turn one, hopefully. The lap that you had to put it on pole, how good was it and how rewarding was it? Because uh, it wasn't necessarily trending that way prior to that lap. Yeah, no, it was, it was a, I knew we had that lap in us. Um, you know, we didn't do a good second lap in qualifying. And, and I was either going to be the second or the third. And then just got the third one just right. Um, so I was excited to put that out there because we knew the capability was there. Thanks for the time. Thank you. Not only is he a championship hopeful, but he leads the field from pole position here today. Alex, that's Joseph Newgarden. Roman Grosjean going for that rookie title, 12, 20 points behind Scott McLaughlin. He was the driver, really, of the race last week at Laguna Seca. Announced on Friday your 2022 plans with Andretti Autosport. What do you think about today, your first time at Long Beach? What excited to be here. Uh, such an amazing track, an amazing location for it. We went. Uh, we were fast in qualifying yesterday on the new tires. Uh, a little bit less good on rerun, but uh, I think we should uh, we should have a good car for today. So looking forward to the race and see what we uh, can do for the last one with the Acorn Racing. Well, it should be an exciting day. Wish you the best of luck. Thank you. That's Roman Grosjean. He'll roll off in this race from the outside of row three. Ryan Marine is with our points leader. That's right. And he's exchanging a few words with the legend Mario Andretti. What were you just talking about with Mario, Alex? Well, I was asking if he could ride me at some point during next year or whenever and he said i can drive him so that's even better right <laughs> i get the chance to to drive a legend but uh, yeah just um enjoying every single moment of today um it's beautiful atmosphere here in long beach and we have a fast car so it should be a good day for us with the pressure of the moment how do you take that time to soak it all in and find the enjoyment in what you're doing today i'm enjoying every single second of it man i've been dreaming about fighting for for a big chance like IndyCar since I was a kid. So I have the opportunity now um, and I'm enjoying every single moment since I woke up today and, and all the week. So, um, yeah, I know we have a good opportunity today. I know we have a fast car and that we are in a good position. Alex Pillow will start 10th today. As long as he finishes 12th or better, he will be the champion. Alex? A.J. Foyt racing with three cars here this weekend. The 11 car piloted by Charlie Kimball. First time we've seen in the cockpit since the month of May. What's it been like here on the streets of Long Beach? Well, I don't think I've stopped grinning since I got in the car Friday afternoon for first practice. It's been a lot of fun, honestly. It's great to be back in the race car. Great to be back with A.J. Foyt racing. And so good to have Nova Nordisk and Traceba represented once again. Um, I hope the 11 cars got a little more pace in it for the race. We didn't qualify exactly where we wanted, but at the same time, it's 85 laps today to move forward. You talked about 2022. You said, I have helmet, will travel. What does that really entail for Charlie Kimball? Well, I'm not sure yet. I'm just really focused on the next 85 laps here at Long Beach, and from there, we'll figure out what the opportunities uh, exist, where the opportunities exist, what they look like, and where I can get back in the car, but I know that this year's month of May won't be the last time I'm in a car at IMS. Great to have you back in the car. Best of luck today. Thank you. Let's go over to Ryan. Elio Castroneves will start third for today's race, but the last time we saw him, that was this morning at warm-up, you were not a happy guy, Elio. Have you put that moment behind you now, looking ahead to the race? Yeah, that's gone. Uh, it's moving on, and obviously had a good car. We have a good car, and looking forward to... Um, clean start make sure to stay out of trouble and um and keep it going looking ahead to next year can this be a jumping off point to this program moving to full time it's certainly uh it's certainly a beginning it's certainly showing that that obviously the process takes some time and this is like all right it takes it did take time so 
it's just a confirmation that what we know that he's going to continue doing it. So it's a constantly battle, constantly uh, understanding and learning. But uh, for sure, it gives not only myself, but everyone in the team a great boost of confidence for a start next year and knowing what direction we need to go. Elio Castroneves will start third in the Sirius XM AutoNation Honda for Meyer Shank Racing. Scott McLaughlin leading the Rookie of the Year point standings, talking to his rival for those honors, Roman Grosjean. And Scott, we talked to you just after you missed by the slimmest of margins, making it to the second round of qualifying. Had a half hour of a warm-up session today. What more have you learned about the car and the outlook for today? Uh, we went the wrong way in warm-up, but I think we've got a solid package to go back to. Um, feeling good. The, obviously, the sun's not out, so it's going to be interesting what it's like in terms of... Uh, you know, how uh, everything is with the, the track grip and how the tyres degrade. So uh, we'll see what we've got and, and see how we go. Should be an exciting day going for those Rookie of the Year honours. How much fun has it been uh, racing with a guy of the calibre of Romain Grosjean oh, for that title? I mean, he's uh, a veteran of these of these series and to be able to compete with him and, and get better and better and for him to also say that I've been doing a good job is a special thing. So, I mean, I'm not really focused too much on it. I'd, I'd love to get the Rookie of the Year, yes, but for me, I, I, there's a genuine chance we can get top ten in the championships. So that's a big thing for us. We'll try and have a solid day today and see if we can squeeze ourselves in the top ten. Wish you the best of luck today. Thank you. Ryan? Felix Rosenquist had a great qualifying effort. He will start fifth here today. And you were telling me back on Thunder Thursday when we were doing pit stop demonstrations, you really like this Long Beach circuit. Why? I think it's just one of those tracks where you can risk a lot and, you know, you get rewarded with it, which I think is cool because you know that anyone who does a big lap here is risking a lot. And it's the same in the race, man. If you if you want to be fast on a race stint, you, you just have to take a lot of risk. And I think it just requires more uh, focus-wise than any other track. So, yeah, I think that's cool. It's always nice with tracks that, you know, get rewarded with, like, bravery and focus. What will be more important today, fuel conservation or tire conservation? I think more tires. It, it doesn't seem like it's really going to be a fuel race unless, you know, it gets to, like, a one-stopper, which you never know, but I don't think it's going to happen. So I think it's more about just maximizing stint time and uh, just looking after the tires a little bit, uh, especially on the reds. Thanks for the insight. Good luck today. Thanks, man. Alex? Ryan Underay, the 2010 winner here on the streets of Long Beach. Ryan, a lot has been made about this being the final race for you with Andretti Autosport. Could you have really uh, drawn up a better place to have this uh, great run in your career end than a place of such professional and personal significance as Long Beach? Yeah, that's a great point. You know, to, to wrap up my time up here at Andretti Autosport, right here on the streets of Long Beach is definitely special. This is this has been, um, you know, this one in Long Beach or in, uh, in Indy 500 have been uh, the most important to me. So it, it really hits home here. And we talk about the race today. What's the outlook for you from the cockpit in this one today to try to make it another one and then on a high note? Yeah, the car felt good in warm-up, so I'm um, pretty happy with that. We'll just have to, uh, hopefully we're on the right tire strategy, bite our time, figuring out how we can work our way through traffic, get up to the front. Wish you the best of luck today. That's Ryan Hunter-Ray as we go over to Ryan. Scott Dixon set to start from the outside of the front row of the PNC Bank Honda. We've been working for the last couple of days to get this car ready for the race how ready are you? How ready is the team to close out this season on a high? Uh, yeah, definitely looking forward to it. You know, it's uh, it's been a little up and down this year, but I think the car weekend was pretty good. I just, we never really got laps to, you know, run and practice and put it where it needed to be. So it was nice to get some clear laps in qualifying and uh, show the speed of the car. You know, hopefully, uh, obviously, starting position is going to be 
fairly critical unless we get an untimely you know, caution to flip the field. But, um, yeah, looking forward to having a good day and looking forward to hopefully uh, keeping the championship with Palou and uh, the championship at Ganassi. What can you do to help your teammate? Uh, I think the best situation would be to beat Newgarden because then that uh, eliminates him out of that process and then also makes it a lot harder for uh, Pato as well. So, you know, we'll try and have a clean day, see what we can do. But uh, ultimately, if we win or go for the win, I think it makes it uh, better for Plu in all situations. Good luck, Scott. Thanks, man. Cheers. Good job, Ryan Marine, Alex Wolf, eight of the top ten in all three championship contenders, 12 of the 28 starters in all. Our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, joins us when we come back. Time now to check in with our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton. And Davey, uh, if the past couple of days are any indication, we might want to fasten our seat belts and put on our Hans device. This could be a wild ride this afternoon on the streets of Long Beach. Yeah, I think it's going to be. And one, one interesting note that we one, one of the drivers said, and that's Scott Dixon, starting second today, he wants to win. Now, does he need championships? He's, he's not going to win this one. He's already run one plenty. Races are the same. But that's two things. He needs to get back on top, show that he's had a lot of bad luck, a lot of mistakes later this later half of the season. He has the opportunity to get a win, but that also helps his teammate, Mark. So I, I see if Scott Dixon can make it through that crazy turn one, and we talked about this before. I think turn one, you're right, it's going to be crazy. We've seen a, a replay of the last time we were here where Ray Hall got into the back of Simon Pagano right off the bat, caused a bit of a bit of a spin for Simon into the wall he went. And when you have 28 cars filing down into turn one, it's going to be an exciting race, and you're right. Helmets and Hans devices are probably uh, needed for everybody that's here. Uh, and, and- and, you know, typically it's not too wide around that fountain and through three, four, and five. But I think at the start of this race, you may very well see that. So some guys are going to have to be a little forgiving, I think, whether they like it or not. Yeah, whether they like it or not. I mean, so so what, one thing in today, the so so competitive in t- today's environment here, and these drivers are, you know, obviously very, very qualified to do what they do. But they know that the next guy is every bit as good. Their teams are as good. And so you have to take advantage of every opportunity that you can to try to gain a position on the racetrack. So if a little teeny gap opens, they shoot for it. And sometimes it doesn't work out. But if you don't shoot for it, you're not going to get it, right? Sometimes they make it. Sometimes they don't. And I think that's the situation here. Very difficult track to pass on, Mark. We have turn one, obviously, a great passing zone, heavy braking down into turn one. Um, we see braking going down into turn six. But not as easy, but we do see some uh, some passing in there and then obviously going into turn nine we've talked about it time and time again there's some bumps down there very bumpy uh, great passing zone but man it gets tricky down there and we've seen a lot of incidents down there I think on the last lap of the last race here we've seen a, a bit of a, a you know a pile up down there right. as well so uh, keep your eye open let's uh, talk about the fuel window pit strategy today how many stops well, you know, I think it's fairly easy on two. When I say easy, you could do it on two. If you if the thing went straight green and you just wanted to, to be out there and be on a normal pace, it's going to be a two-stop race. But if you're going to play out a strategy and some yellows come out, which we expect, you uh, you might be better off to do the three-stop strategy in a way. Go back to Portland, uh, where we've seen the first lap of every lot of the front runners, the front three or four rows overshoot turn one. They get penalized, Mark, and go to the back of the field. By the time they got everything cleaned up and ready to go again, it put them in the pit window to do that three-stop strategy. And so it put them ahead of the game, and it could happen here as well. So, uh, you know, yellows could change it all. But right now, I think everybody's kind of planning on a pretty easy two-stopper. When we come back, Ryan Marine will visit with Mark Miles, president and CEO of Penske Entertainment Corp. 
president and CEO of Penske Entertainment, Mark Miles, joining us on IndyCar Radio. And we had the exciting news last week at WeatherTech Raceway Laguna Seca. There are a few little tweaks to the schedule, but there is a great deal of date equity as well. So from a series perspective, how do you adjust to the need to be adaptable, but on the other hand, give the venues and the race fans as well some consistency in the schedule year to year? Well, you, you said date equity is probably... Uh, we could probably find another way to say it because okay. it means different things to different people. But it's a level of consistency. So you want the, the same events back in the same season, the same time of year. But it doesn't mean they have to be exactly the same time. You just have to look at sort of April and look at Easter, which moves, and uh, the Masters and you know NCAA basketball. We, we need to have a little bit of flexibility, but to have St. Pete and Long Beach and... Uh, Barber, and then we move Texas in. That's the kind of familiarity we're talking about. I think the schedule does that. There are always so many moving pieces with the schedule, many of them out of your control, like some of the events that you mentioned, other sanctioning bodies, schedules as well. How do you try and work around some of those conflicts to give yourself and the series the best chance at exposure, but also recognizing that, that you need to have some of that consistency regardless. It's a Gordian knot. You know, it is complicated. You think you get one piece nailed down against one of those factors that you mentioned, and then it has an adverse effect on three other right. factors. So you just have to keep working it and working it and working it until you have the best schedule you can make. So it's it's always complicated. I will say it's you know we have great relationships with our promoters and they have been willing to work with us. The same kind of uh, flexibility and trust with between us and and NBC in this country. Um, and we have really good relationships with IMSA and with NASCAR and and other series. So that you know there's there's a lot of give and take. Last thing, the final piece of the puzzle, I suppose, would be start times. When we would we get uh, some update on when some of these races would begin next year? I think we've got a, a quite good handle on it, but those are things where the network does ask us to keep a little bit of flexibility. So I don't know exactly when we'll we'll publish the thinking about the start times, uh, but that is an, an area where we need some flexibility. Thanks so much for the time. Pleasure. Thank you. Davey Hamilton, before we go trackside for pre-race festivities, uh, temperature change, a little bit different today than what we've seen over the past couple of days. You know, we expected some warmer conditions like earlier in the week. It was actually fairly warm here, and so uh, today very cool, Mark. Actually cooler now than I think it was this morning, the final warm-up. Could be a challenge getting a little grip in these tires and getting heat in these tires to get this race started. And we will get uh, specific conditions from our pit reporters after we get the command to start engines. Uh, First time open wheel racing came here under the cart banner was in 1984 let's go trackside for pre-race festivities ladies and gentlemen at this time we ask that you please rise and remove your hats as the california army national guard based at joint forces training base los alamitos presents our nation's colors please remain standing as chaplain luck less lessick Chuck Lessig, sorry, of IndyCar Ministries offers this afternoon's invocation. Let's pray. Lord God, we pause for just a moment just to acknowledge you and invite you into our race today. We're so thankful to be back in Long Beach racing with our family again. 
Lord God, we just ask that this race be a blessing to this entire community as we look to you for a safe yet exciting afternoon. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Here today to honor America with the singing of our national anthem, please welcome Anjali Singh. stripes and bright stars through the perilous fight on the ramparts we walked were so gallantly streaming and the rockets Let's meet the starting lineup for the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Row 14. Oliver Askew, United States. Jimmy Johnson, United States. Row 13. Dalton Kellett, Canada. Jack Harvey, Lincoln, England. Row 12. Renus VK, the Netherlands. Max Chilton, England. Row 11. Sébastien Bourdet, Le Mans, France. Connor Daly, United States. Row 10. Charlie Kimball, United States. Graham Rahal, United States of America. Row 9. Callum Ilo, United Kingdom. Marcus Eriksson, Sweden. Row 8. Takuma Sato, Japan. Alexander Rossi, United States. Row 7. Colton Herta, United States of America. Scott McLaughlin, New Zealand. Row 6. Will Power, Australia. Ryan Hunter Ray, United States. Row 5. Alex Below, Spain. Ed Jones, Dubai. Row 4. Patricio Award, Monterey, Mexico. James Hinchcliffe, Canada. Row 3. Romain Grosjean, France. Felix Rosenquist, Sweden. Row 2. Simon Pagenaud, France. Elu Castroneves, Brazil. On the outside of row 1. Scott Dixon, New Zealand. And starting on the pole. Joseph Newgarden, United States. for the HPD engineering update. Wayne Gross is the manager for trackside support for HPD coming off of a weekend where Honda has secured its fourth consecutive manufacturer's championship, 10th overall of the NTT IndyCar Series. What does that mean within the HPD community to have achieved that once again yeah it's a great it's a great moment of pride for us as a company obviously full credit to all the you know men and women back at hpd doing all the work 
um, here at the track. We get to, to experience the, the victories and, and have fun. But no, I think um, definitely four in a row, 10th overall. It's just it's a huge moment of uh, pride and achievement for HPD. And the focus now shifts to the Drivers' Championship. You've got Alex Pillow very much in the midst of the, the title fight. How much of an emphasis do you put on trying to have him clinch that to, to add the, the Drivers' Championship to the manufacturer's title? Yes, for sure. I mean, uh, Chip Ganassi Racing was very instrumental in us you know, winning the manufacturer championships and now full focus on helping Alex pull off the driver's championship. You know, we're out here to do our job, um, supporting as best we can, and yeah, I hope he brings it home on Sunday. That is Wayne Gross, the manager for trackside support for HPD in the HPD engineering update. 11 turns, just a tick under two miles in length. It's historic venue where they take the green flag. They'll roar into turn number one. Jake Query is positioned there, but he'll have them literally coming and going for that portion of the racetrack. There are plenty of venues in which we are fortunate enough to call races over the course of the NTT IndyCar season, but I don't know that any perch is better than I have year-round here than on the streets of Long Beach, California. Up Shoreline Drive. To matter of fact, it is to the west that they go and take a left-handed turn just about, oh, 600 yards or so in front of me. They take that left-handed turn, go out of view, and then they go around the famous fountain area here at Long Beach before they pop back into my view for a right-handed turn that comes the exact opposite direction on shoreline. Moving to the east and setting up for a left-handed turn, that is turn number six. That is below me. So I am looking again, watching them go away into turn number one to my left, watching them come out of turn number five and straight towards me, and then they take the left-handed turn before they go underneath the Laguna Bridge, past the Laugh Factory, and the area that is Pike Plaza here in the Shopping and Entertainment District of Long Beach, California. Mark, it's going to be a heck of a day for racing, and it's always a lot of fun to call it here in turns one, five, and six. It won't take them long to clear turn seven. They'll head to turn eight, come into the view of Nick Yeoman. Yeah, turn seven, if you can even call it that, is part of the straightaway that leads towards turn number eight. It is one of the trickier corners on this racetrack. The curbing to the inside of the corner, there's not much there anymore, and it's allowed those drivers to carry a lot of speed through that corner. It has bit some drivers. Jack Harvey, one of those in qualifying, but it is a 90-degree right-hand turn with curbing to the inside and tire barriers to the outside. Side. Once they clear number turn number eight, they want to carry those RPMs because they head down a long back straightaway where there are condos and businesses and event centers to the left and the right of the drivers. It's a long straightaway, sets up a good passing opportunity before another 90-degree right-hand turn with, again, red and white curbing to the inside, tire barriers to the outside. We've seen a lot of drivers with some harmless spins there as well. Joseph Newgarden did that early in the practice session on Friday. When they lead turn number nine, it's a double apex of turns 10 and 11. And then Michael Young, it is perhaps the most famous corner in all of IndyCar racing, and you are looking right down upon it. Good afternoon, Nick Yeoman. Yeah, a very overcast afternoon here in the city of Long Beach. To my left, I see the Queen Mary, and of course, directly in front of me, I look at the infamous hairpin here on the streets of Long Beach. I could kind of see the beginning of turn 10. That's a long left-hander, about a 130-degree turn, but then it's going to be single file, potentially double file or double wide when they come through this portion of the track. High risk, high reward if you can get by somebody down here, but it is certainly a very difficult and extremely slow portion of this course. If you can get a good run out of this hairpin and make your way down that front straightaway, gives you a nice opportunity to pass again in turn one. I also have a view 
view of the pit entrance. So we'll be calling the teams as they bring their drivers onto pit road. Again, a chilly afternoon, and as Davey Hamilton said in our pre-race show, it could change how things actually happen here on the circuit today. Looking forward to an afternoon here at the season finale on the streets of Long Beach. Thanks, guys. Looking forward to the call. And, Davey, before we go trackside for the command, uh, we talk about off of that hairpin, that entrance to pit road is there. This is a very tight, very, very narrow pit road, but things can get tricky when you come off of pit road, as we saw between Alexander Rossi and Elio Castroneves in the final warm-up today. Yeah, that's absolutely right, Mark. There's a there's a, a yellow line to driver's left coming out of pit road, and you cannot cross over that line. You know, you can get penalized. You have to wait till you get completely by it before you turn into turn one, but be, be prepared because cars are up to speed, 170, 180 miles an hour going down into turn one, and the drive, the, when you're on track, you can't go over that line to driver's right, so you, everybody has to stay off that line, and as we've seen earlier, uh, merging together could be a problem when we, we've seen Elio Castroneves and Rossi get together and practice already. So Alex Pillow leads Pato Award by 35 points. 47 points back is Joseph Newgarden. It's time to go trackside at the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Ladies and gentlemen, it's time for those most famous words in motorsports. Please welcome your Grand Marshal, racing legend, Michael Andretti. Hello, Long Beach. We love you. Are you ready? Drivers, start your engines. Four kart races won by Mario and Michael Andretti. Uh, both were multiple champions here at Long Beach. Well, as we always do, we ask one of these talented drivers to take us on a ride around these fabulous venues. Today, rolling off fifth, Felix Rosenquist describes a lap around the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. So coming out of front stretch, uh, it's kind of a warped turn, but it's still a straight. Very bumpy. You can feel everything through your body, just like bump, 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 bump. Uh, coming down to turn one, kind of same, you hit the brakes, everything is just bottoming, it's pretty rough, and then when you get halfway through the braking zone, everything just calms down. Pretty quick corner turn one, all the way up to the to the wall and exit. And then you have the fountain, which is kind of like a, a technical section, really slow, first gear. Out of there, you have a double right, where you're just, just all about maximizing track, uh, track width, being close to the walls. Uh, going through back straight, then you have the six and uh, six and eight, which is like a left and right section, really wide and narrow so on en- on exit in, in turn eight. But you need a good run out there for the back stretch, and you have only a couple of corners left. So you start thinking about you know just pulling the lap together. Uh, turn nine, very bumpy on entry, uh, pretty quick. Go over the curbs on the inside with the whole car. Then you have turn 10 also over the curbs, the whole car, and then you have that really, really slow hairpin to, to finish the lap just to get to the finish line. So, yeah, really good fun. Good, good lap. Yeah, good stuff from Felix Rosenquist. Let's check in with our pit reporters now. Great job off the top talking to all of those drivers, including the championship contenders. See what stories they'll be watching today. Let's start with Alex Wolf. Well, Mark, the first story, the weather conditions, 67 degrees. The ambient temperature, 82 degrees. Track temperature, as Davey Hamilton and Michael Young have been talking about, still cloud cover, hoping that maybe it'll burn off, but we shall see. And my section, Joseph Newgarden on the pole position, still mathematically alive in the championship hunt. He needs to win this race, lead the most laps. And if Alex Pillow and Pato Ward have some early trouble in this championship hunt, there, in fact, could be so much 
much drama in the LBC. Further up the pit lane, keeping an eye on the other two in the championship hunt, here's Ryan Marie. That's right, and the other two are Patsu Award and Alex Pillow. And conveniently for me, they are pitted nearly next to one another. Just the number 45 pit stall of Oliver Askew separating the top two in the championship. And very likely this pit lane could prove pivotal in the race for the title. It's a tricky pit lane. It's got a curve to it. It's very tight, especially on this side of the pit wall. Not much room for these crews to operate when they're preparing for those pit stops. We'll keep a close eye on both of the championship contenders throughout this race. The job for... for uh, Alex Pillow got a little bit easier after qualifying when Pazzo Award failed to start on pole. That means that now the magic number is 12 for Alex Pillow. If he can finish 12th or better, he will be the champion. That's even if Pazzo Award were to come away with a race win. Thanks, guys. Look forward to your coverage today on Pit Road. You'll have it covered and then some, we are sure. Let's head back out onto the course now. Going to be a while before they get into formation and we drop the green flag, but want to get the thoughts and impressions of our turn announcers, Jake Cleary. What a long and arduous journey it's been since we started earlier this year at Barber Motorsports Park. Finally back here at Long Beach. And, of course, it is so good to be back. And once again watching just below me in turn number six is Joseph Newgarden, followed by Dixon, Casper Dennis, and Simon Pagano. Pagano on black tires, by the way. The, the highest starter on black tires, not red, worked their way through that area of the racetrack. Mark, it can get really bumpy here in turn number six. And then, of course, the narrow nature to my left of turn number one could be a very busy day of action to call here in Long Beach. Keep your head on the swivel, Nick Yeoman. You have two of the busiest parts of the racetrack today, turns eight and nine. They have been trouble spots all weekend long, but we've seen it time and time again. You roll into an IndyCar track, drivers have problems figuring out the course during practice sessions, and then we drop the green flag and we see just how perfect these guys are. And to echo Jake's sentiments, Mark, uh, truly a shout-out to all the Long Beach race fans. Yeah, it's at a different time of year. Yes, they've had to wait a year and a half due to the pandemic, but this is one of the marquee events on the IndyCar calendar, and I salute all the fans that have made it out, which make this race so special every single year. As we said earlier, Michael Young, we've got corkscrews and hairpins and Canada corners, and, uh, and now here we are with you above the iconic hairpin. Don't get distracted today, Michael Young. You've got the Queen Mary, you've got the, the, the sand, you've got the shore and, and all of that, but you're also going to have some great racing today. Oh, certainly looking forward to it, Mark James. And to Nick Snow, these fans have packed the grandstand here on the streets of Long Beach. That's Oliver Askew, the final car in this field of 28, making his way out of the hairpin. Looking forward to an exciting race to think that at the beginning of this season in Barber Motorsports Park, we'd be talking about Alex Pillow, who was that winner as a potential champion. What a great season this has been. We will see how it will all play out this afternoon here on the streets of Long Beach. Davey Hamilton, there's no question. The pulse quickens, at least for me, three times a year. That's before we go green for the opener at St. Pete. Certainly before we go green at the Indianapolis 500. And whenever and wherever we go green for the season finale. Yeah, you know what? And just this race, uh, as we talked to Ryan and Ray, this this race really rates second to a lot of the drivers behind the Indy 500. So you're exactly right. This uh, The last race of the season, uh, it's at Long Beach. It's, it's a big one to win. So the, I guarantee you all these drivers are ready to get after after and get to, to get to business as usual, but uh, nerves are probably a little higher than normal for all these guys. Uh, pace car is starting to step away a little bit. The lights are out on it, and you'll see that pace car coming to you, you first, Michael Young. It actually pulls off now. Are we getting into two-by-two two formation? 
Indeed we are. Joseph Newgarden, Scott Dixon, they're starting to form those rows of two. Here we go, and the field gets ready to go. Racing here on the streets of Long Beach. As we mentioned, things would be a bit disjointed off of that hairpin, getting to the green flag. Green flag flies. It's a side-by-side track race into turn number one. Boy, in the front six really separated themselves. Almost three wide into turn number one, but Joseph Newgarden will get there first with Scott Nixon and then Simon Pagino behind him. Everybody else now is single file. Redis VK got around Jack Harvey before they went into turn number one. But the leader, again, is Joseph Newgarden, who worked his way around the fountain area. Now takes that right-hander that is turn number five. He has a car-linked advantage over Scott Dixon. Then it's Elio Castroneves who got a spot back. Simon Pagino running fourth, followed by Felix Rosenquist and Ramon Grosjean. The field into turn number seven. A bit disjointed off the hairpin, but they cleaned things up and it actually pretty smooth entrance into turn number one, but a pass behind the leaders, Nick Yeoman. Rosenquist picks up the fourth spot as he gets around Simon Pagino and as the front six got away, Mark, it was the seventh place driver that's charging. That is championship contender Pato Award. Boy, Simon Pagino is going to lose another spot. Roman Grosjean gets around, and now Pato Award, Michaels, trying to get around that Menard Chevrolet. And Pato Award all over the rear wing, but the big mover, Ed Jones, he'll make contact with Pato Award. Pato Award will spin around. Now we have a bottleneck coming out of the hairpin. Ryan Hunter-Ray, Colton Herner, they will all make their way around, but Pato Award sits with that rear wing nearly touching the inside barrier. He will get that car rolling, but he will fall to last place. And just like that, Davey Hamilton, Uh a big, big mountain to climb for Pato Award. And, oh, we got another car spun right now, Bourdais spun. But what did we talk about? It's a full course yellow right now. But remember we talked earlier in the week, that hairpin, there's an opportunity to shoot down underneath the guy going into that final hairpin corner, and that's exactly what happened. Jones got down underneath and uh, ran right, actually just ran into Pato, taking Pato right out. And you can see it again. Actually goes down underneath Hinchcliffe, actually. Gets by Hinchcliffe and runs right into Pato. Pato had no choice but to, you know, spin. Caution on the course with one lap complete here at the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Caution on the course. Two laps complete. Multiple cars involved in separate incidents. Let's go to pit road. Check in with Ryan Marine. Top two in points, both involved in one way or another. Pato Award was the one that was sent spinning around off the nose of Ed Jones. He will be coming to pit lane to top off with fuel. They do not believe there's any damage to the number five Chevrolet from Aero McLaren SP. On the other side of things, Alex Pillow, there was some contact there. He hit that front wing pretty heavily. The team said everything on our data says that it looks like the wing is okay, Alex, so stay out unless you feel different. Alex came over the radio and said it feels perfect, so don't expect the 10 car to make a call to pit lane this time. Update from Pit Road brought to you by Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Davey, you've had multiple looks at the incident and a bit of a head-scratcher in terms of the decisions made by Ed Jones. Yeah, just 100% on Ed Jones. He just ran down underneath uh, Hinchcliffe and ran right in the back of Pato he had no treating, no, he's coming. So 100% fall to Ben Jones, just an unnecessary move for sure. A full field rundown with three laps complete. Now it's Newgarden, Dixon, Castro Davis, Rosenquist, and Grosjean. Pagino, Hinchcliffe, below Herta and Jones, the top 10. Sato, McLaughlin, Erickson, and Rossi through 14th. Eilat 15th, 16th, 
Power, 17th Kimball, 18th Daly, 19th VK, 20th Harvey, Kellett, 21st, 22nd Jimmy Johnson, 23rd Ray Hall, 24th Bourdais, Chilton, 25th, Askew, 26th, Award, 27th, and Ryan Hunter Ray, 28th, with that shredded left rear tire that he had to come to pit road and replace. And uh, so, Davey, a lot of guys, uh, before we go back to green, deciding to uh, duck onto pit road and top off the fuel, maybe extend their window a little bit. Yeah, it sure does. You know, the window really doesn't open for the three-stopper. I guess you could call it a lap, lap four. Really, it's kind of lap seven where you really want to take advantage of it to get less wear on your tires. But uh, good move by those guys. I, I think they're doing this wise thing when you're in the back of the pack. Might as well gamble it. And uh, Michael Young, the field comes into your view in the hairpin. Yeah, they're already exiting the hairpin. Joseph Newgarden on the throttle. Scott Dixon right behind him. Joseph Newgarden will dart to the inside with Dixon in tow. Yep, uh, Joseph Newgarden gets a great jump. And again, Castro Nevis running third. Rosenquist is fourth. Roman Grosjean running fifth as they all head to turn one. And Scott Dixon acted like he was going to try to take a peek to the inside of Newgarden in the turn number one. But Newgarden got there first. Everybody single file now. Again, Renus VK is able to make up a spot a little bit further back in the field. But we await in turn number five for Joseph Newgarden, the leader who has made his way around the fountain area to come back into view. He is half doing so with about a two-car length advantage over Scott Dixon. Then three back to Elio Castroneves, followed by Rosenquist, who has all kinds of pressure now from Ramon Grosjean. Uh, three-tenths of a second, that lead for Joseph Newgarden, Nick Yeoman. They're single file back to the 10th position. Yeah, that translates to about two, two-and-a-half car lengths on the racetrack as Newgarden accelerates out of turn number eight. He'll gap Dixon by about three car lengths. Another three back to Elio Castroneves, and then Felix Rosenquist, who was really on the charge at the start of the race. The leader, though, is Newgarden out of turn number nine. Perhaps, just perhaps, things have settled down. Joseph Newgarden, two car length advantage over Scott Dixon. Then it's Elio Castroneves, Felix Rosenquist, and Grosjean, your top five. Further back in the field, there's some darting and dicing, but everybody's staying single file. They'll make their way down the front straightaway as we see Ed Jones pop on pit lane. And again, want to remind you, Pottawa Ward tumbled all the way to the, to the 25th position. News not as bad for Alex Pillow. He'll drop to the 8th position. Joseph Newgarden continues to lead as the leaders now start to make their way around the fountain. It's Joseph Newgarden, it's Scott Dixon, Elio Castro-Neves, Felix Rosenquist, and Grosjean, the top five. Newgarden is able to bump it up by about a tenth of a second, Jake Query, as he heads to turn five. Yeah, and Elio Castro-Neves in that third position got a lot of pressure from Rosenquist through turn number one. He was able to make up some ground, has now about a two-car length advantage over Rosenquist in the seventh. A drive-through for Ed Jones, avoidable contact, and Ryan Hunter-Ray adding insult to injury. Service uh, take during the closed pit, he serves a drive through Nick Yeoman. Moments ago, a change for the eighth position as Colton Herta got around Alex Below. Herta's been one of the fastest cars all weekend, and now he's trying to set up his teammate James Hinchcliffe in turn number nine. It's now the battle for seventh as Michael Colton Herta has begun his charge. He's on the rear wing of James Hinchcliffe. He will have that back end step out ever so slightly on the charge as Colton Herta trying to get around his teammate. James Hinchcliffe again, the battle for seven. Uh, about 71 second laps they're turning here at Long Beach and after a bit of a disjointed start. But things about to get interesting to turn one with Ryan Hunter-Ray coming off a of pit road, Jay Query. 
boy, Ryan Hunter-Ray had to get out of the way there, started to check things up just a little bit. Part of that is interesting, Mark, because the reality, Alex Pillow, who is running in that 8-9 area, the 11th spot is the magic number for Alex Pillow. He does not want to fall below that number right now. Front six separating just a little bit. It is Newgarden, the leader, with Dixon behind him. Rosenquist going to look to the inside of Elio Castroneves, who shuts the door on him in turn number six. They now work their way into seven. Alex Pillow came, uh, had to run behind Ryan Hunter-Ray through the fountain area. Ryan Hunter-Ray moved over to the gentlemanly thing and let Pillow go race, Nick Yeoman. That battle Jake was just describing is still on. Rosenquist cannot attack Elio Castroneves. He's got to watch the rearview mirrors. He locks him up into turn number nine. Roman Groshan will sneak to the inside. Rosenquist does a great job of keeping it out of the wall, but Michael, he falls to the fifth spot. Yeah, Grosjean on the charge now. Next on the hit list is Elio Castro-Neves. Grosjean about two car lengths behind Elio Castro-Neves. Further back, it's Colum Eilat and Will Power nearly making contact at the hairpin, but the battle back up front, down to one. Davey, a big-time save by Felix Rosenquist in that battle with Elio Castro-Neves and Roman Grosjean. Yeah, sure was. It was actually self-inflicted uh, uh, save, though, Mark. He just drove in to turn nine when he seen uh, Grosjean come underneath him. He just he was going to try to outbreak him got up on that high side, hit those buffs. You could see the front of that car hit the buff right as he got on the brakes, locking that tire up, but he did a good job by not losing more spots than just one. Eight-tenths of a second now, the lead for Joseph Newgarden over Scott Dixon, and in fact, Nick Gilman, by the time they get to you, you'll see that those front two have stepped away from Elio a bit. Yeah, they certainly have, as it's now, as you mentioned, two seconds. It's about five or six car lengths on Elio Castroneves, then Roman Grosjean. Rosenquist has to regather for fifth. Pagano runs Sixth battle for seventh is on. Here comes Colton Herta. He'll charge to the inside of his teammate James Hinchcliffe and make that pass look easy. So move Colton Herta, Michael, up into the seventh position. Yeah, now Colton Herta trying to get around Simon Paginos. Colton gets a nice run out of this hairpin portion of the track. Already closes up on that rear wing of Pagano. And Roman Grosjean, by the time he gets back to you, Jake Query, he's going to have Elio Castroneves in the crosshairs into turn number one. Castroneves takes that left-hander into turn number one. Mark does so with a three-car length advantage. Grosjean's going to have to wait when they come through turn number five to try to make a move again. Uh, just behind them, it's Pagano and Herta in the battle for six. That one's getting a bit interesting. Again, the front two starting to check out a little bit, and as they work their way around the fountain, again, Jake, it's Castro Nevis and Grosjean getting a bit tighter. So Roman Grosjean will be the next to try to reel in Elio Castroneves because Rosenquist had tried to do so, got loose, Nick, that allowed Grosjean pass. Grosjean now sets his sights on Elio. As they make their way into turn number eight, Grosjean in the purple car closes in to about a couple car lengths of that pink and black machine of Elio Castroneves. They make their way down the back straightaway. Again, Newgarden, Dixon, Castroneves, and Grosjean out of turn number nine. The only way Joseph Newgarden can win this championship is to win and let the cards fall where they may. Newgarden doing a great job. Three car length advantage over Scott Dixon, then about ten car lengths back to Elio Castroneves. Newgarden, Dixon, Castroneves, Grosjean, Rosequist, Pagano, Herta, Hitch, Pelot, and Sato. The top ten as the leaders head back to turn number one. Leaders going into turn number one, and it's Joseph Newgarden who has yet to make a hiccup. Oh, Colton Herta and Simon Pagano nearly went side by side into turn number one. Herta was able to get in front of that Menards machine with, by the time they made that turn, but it was very close. Colton Herta, though, clearly that Gamebridge machine is to his liking as he continues to knife his way through the field. But the leader is Joseph Newgarden, setting up now for turn number six. Two car length advantage over Scott Dixon, three back to Castroneves, then two to Grosjean, then a four car length gap back to 
it before you get to Felix Rosenquist. Colton Herta dominated and winning on the streets of St. Petersburg, dominated and should have won on the streets of Nashville. He likes these street courses, and he looks to have one of the fastest cars on the race today. Now he's trying to track down Felix Rosenquist for the fifth spot. He's already put five to six car lengths between himself and Simon Pagano. Michael, we're going to have a battle for fifth out of turn number nine. Yeah, Felix Rosenquist doing a great job trying to hold Colton Herta off as Colton starts to close in about three car lengths. And a note, by the way, guys, Pato Award had lost touch with the field having come down to pit lane. He has almost caught the rear of the field now. So Pato Award, we've got to keep an eye on him. He's got a fast car this afternoon. Davey, who knows where Colton Herta would be had they not made the wrong decision in terms of reds and blacks in qualifying yesterday. Uh, absolutely. He is absolutely flying on the racetrack right now. Just turned a lap of a night one. 1095, which is the fastest lap of the race. The close, next closest one was 1099, so four tenths faster than New Garden, our leader. So that just tells you what kind of speed Hurt is carrying. Uh, ten laps complete, full field rundown. New Garden, Dixon, Castro, Nevis, Grosjean, and Rosenquist, the top five. Herta, Pagino, Hinchcliffe, Pillow, and Sato, the top ten. McLaughlin, 11th. Erickson is 12th. Rossi is 13th. Eilat, 14th. 15th is Will Power. Charlie Kimball, 16th. Daly, 17th. VK is 18th. Harvey is 19th. Bourdais is 20th. Dalton Kellen, 21st. Jimmy Johnson, 22nd. Pato Award is rebounded to 23rd. Graham Rahal, 24th. Ed Jones, 25th. Chilton, 26th. Askew, 27th. And Ryan Hunter Ray, 28th. We pause 10 seconds for state's identification. This is IndyCar Radio. Twelve laps complete in the season finale. Newgarden, Dixon, Castro, Nevis, Grosjean, Rosenquist, the top five. Herta, Pagino, Hitch, Alex Below, Takuma Sato, the top ten. Updates from Pit Road. Let's start with Alex Wolf. Well, Mark, we've been talking all weekend about Joseph Newgarden having the jaw locked. No news is good news on the radio. He hasn't said a thing. Tim Sendrick has updated him a couple of times about the fuel number who was around him coming off a of pit lane and told him the Pato Award had gone around. In fact, they are enjoying the race down here in the pit so much that one of the crew members reached into the toolbox, grabbed a bag of Cool Ranch Doritos, and leaned up against the pit box watching them leave this Long Beach Grand Prix. That is painting the metal picture most assuredly. Well done, Alex Wolf. Let's go a little further up pit road. Check it with Ryan Marine. And I'm standing by with a driver who very likely will be racing in the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach next year. At least that's the aspiration. Kyle Kirkwood coming off of a big weekend at Indy Lights that vaulted you into the points lead once again out at WeatherTech Raceway, Laguna Seca. How crucial was that weekend for you, Kyle, in your efforts to be an IndyCar driver next year? Uh, Laguna Seca was absolutely massive for us. We came into that weekend knowing we needed to be strong. We had some preseason testing there, and everything that we did in that preseason testing uh, tran- translated into the race. And we were, man, we were, during the race, uh, I think we were about a second clear of the field, a lap. So uh, that's what propelled us into the lead. And we got one more next weekend, but really wish we were racing here this weekend at Long Beach Grand Prix. Looks like a phenomenal track. Obviously, the race is pretty hairy there to start off, but uh, hopefully next year. Hopefully next year, indeed. How soon will you know what your plans for 2022 will be? Uh, I don't know anything yet. Everything looks good, but I can't say anything, unfortunately. 
going into mid-Ohio. We'll leave you with this. You've had some success there already this year. Does that give you a nice boost going into the finale? Yeah, it, it certainly does. Andretti, 28 cars, phenomenal around that track. Uh, I've won 11 out of 11 road dandy races there, so that definitely doesn't hurt my confidence. So we should have a good weekend there. Hopefully we can clutch it. we got 15 points ahead, so I think what we need to do is win the first one and then just start the second one, and we should be able to clinch the championship. That's the plan for sure for Kyle Kirkwood, the Indy Lights points leader. And appreciate one of the best of the business, Diane Swentall, that's setting those interviews up for us all season long. Let's go out to turn eight and Nick Yeoman, who's anchored Indy Lights all throughout the course of the season. That's been a pretty compelling championship battle throughout the year. Oh, it's gone back and forth between two American drivers, Kyle Kirkwood and uh, and David Malukas. And over the last couple of race weekends, Kyle Kirkwood has really put his foot down Mark, he won those races at Laguna Seca. The second one, it was something like 30 or 40 seconds. I mean, flat dominated. So if you're uh, maybe just a casual IndyCar fan, you're looking for a young name to, to kind of, you know, grab and, and make your favorite driver, Kyle Kirkwood is a good one to stick in the back pocket. He has been phenomenal. Nine race wins, and as he kind of detailed, just needs a solid weekend in mid-Ohio, and he's going to be your 2021 Indy Lights champion presented by Cooper Tires. And Indy Lights coming back uh, in under the IndyCar banner at Penske Entertainment. Next year, Nick. Yeah, and, and fascinated. Probably a little too early for us to speculate what exactly that means in terms of changes to the Indy Light Series, but uh, obviously Roger Penske sees the value of getting those drivers up with Indy Light Series up to IndyCar. Uh, obviously a great job by Anderson Promotions, who's uh, overseen the day-to-day and weekend operations over the last several years, so there's going to be some changes, but uh, certainly a lot of these young drivers look forward to racing in Indy Lights and ultimately giving them a clear-cut path, and most importantly, Mark, a, a scholarship prize of north of a million dollars which they can use to take to these IndyCar teams and get themselves some opportunities. 16 laps complete this time by Newgarden, Dixon, Castro, Nevis, and Grosjean. The battle we are watching is the battle for the fifth position. It's between Felix Rosenquist and Colton Herta. Jake Query, Rosenquist has it. Colton Herta wants it. And Colton Herta has been able to make passes on virtually everybody anytime he's wanted thus far as they work their way. Another incident that takes place further back in the field, and that is James Hinchcliffe just took another spot away from Alex Pelot. And they work their way around the fountain. And again, the battle we're watching is the battle for the fifth position. Hinchcliffe and Pelot, that is the battle for the eighth position. The lead for Joseph Newgarten has risen to 1.2 seconds now. Felix Rosenquist, the battle for fifth with Colton and heard it now as the, they work their way toward turn number eight. Yeah, I got to tip the cap to Rosenquist too because as much as Colton Herta has carved his way through the field, Herta has caught Rosenquist, but over the last several laps has struggled to get around. They'll do a little drafting down to turn number nine. Herta closes to within a car length, still not close enough to move out of line and make the pass. They stay single file. It's the battle for fifth, Rosenquist and Herta. They're already through the hairpin as now Colton Herta closes right up on that rear wing of Felix Rosenquist. Well, Colton Herta take a look to the inside. They'll make their way down the front straightaway. We'll see what kind of a draft, if any, he's able to get off the car of Felix Rosenquist. They make that long bending right-hander coming back into the view of Jake Query. Shoots to the inside, does Colton Herta, gets in front of Felix Rosenquist into turn number one. So Colton Herta makes the pass on Felix Rosenquist. A quick update on pit road from Ryan Marie. Console Award expressing some frustration on the radio, complaining he doesn't have the same drive off the corner as some of those he's driving around. Remember, he's trying to rebound after that spin on the opening lap after the contact from Ed Jones. Taylor Kyle very calm on the radio, talking to Pato, telling him, just hang in there. We're going to get creative to try and get you 
the front, but it looks like, as I say that, he is slow on the racetrack. And Davey Hamilton, you have a pretty good idea of what the issue is for Pato Award as he well, slowed look, down the straightaway. Yeah, it looks like a right rear drive shaft is broken on that car, Mark, to, uh, just not giving him drive out of that right side. So it's still under power, but when you only have one wheel drive, and uh, you're, you're uh, no way you can race that way. So his day is definitely over. Boy, and it has been a frustrating weekend for that young man, most assuredly, Davey. Not at all what he was hoping for going into this championship weekend. Yeah, you know, not at all. And that, that drive shaft, you see Colton Herta coming in, knowing a yellow's coming out, could take advantage of a pit stop right now for Colton. But they could have uh, damaged that drive shaft when he got hit uh, by Jones on that first lap as well. So just a bad luck for uh, for uh, Pato. Now, where's he going to file out in the championship? He was in uh, second. Now he's in third. And then I think he's going to file on down as we see Colton Herta do a pit stop. Yeah, he's not the only one coming to pit road. There's a handful of other cars deciding to take advantage of uh, this situation with that pit window opening up a little early for some of these guys. Uh, Davey looks like uh, the Napa machine of Alexander Rossi also on pit road for service. Yeah, so what they have to do, race control right now, they have to give everybody the opportunity to pit right now um, is my feeling because Pato stopped on the racetrack in the pit lane right now. So if one guy, if it's good for one car to be able to do it, they need to let all the cars do it, not just a few because the red should have came out even Im- immediately actually. He is in a uh, precarious position, Jake Query, Pato Award. He is right at essentially pit exit, so his cars are coming off, and they've done a good job of avoiding him, but Pato Award sits and waits. Down to pit road, Alex Wolf. Joseph Newgarden comes in. Tim Sidrick told him we have to come in. They put sticker blacks on, and he is on the way. A smooth stop for the Penske crew. And now, Davey, we go full course caution, and the pits are closed. Yeah, so... That, that should have given everybody the opportunity to make the pit stop like they wanted to. I don't really agree with that. I think Pato was in an awkward position right there. Could have, you know, these guys coming out of pits, he was right kind of in the way. But it is what it is. Everybody had the opportunity to pit. Now we'll see where everybody files back out and see uh, the, guy, the the cars that didn't pit now are going to be towards the front, like Castro Nevis, Grosjean, Rosequist, Sato. They, didn't, they decided not to pit and files them to the front right now. Ryan Marine. Alex Pillow was able to get to the pit lane before it closed. They went off of reds and on to blacks and sent the NTT Data Honda back out onto the racetrack. And, David, to your point about the precarious position that Pato Award found himself in, he was vociferous on the radio, expressing his displeasure, saying, we need a yellow, I do not feel safe. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, he, he stopped at the end of a straightaway that's really, really fast and right at the entrance to pit lane coming onto that fast racetrack. So um, he's in a spot. He's taken up one of those lanes, and you never know what could happen. When somebody's uh, stalled on the racetrack, he's not in a very safe place. Uh, so uh, we'll update you now. These reports, by the way, from Pit Road, brought to you by Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Castro Nevis, Grosjean, Rosenquist, Sato McLaughlin, they're the top five. Then Power, Isla, Kimball, Daly, Jack Harvey, and Dalton Kellett. Uh, the, the, those drivers have, have yet to pit, and the pits are closed, and we expect to see them once those pits reopen, maybe in a handful of laps. But uh, you go back to currently 13th place running Joseph Newgarden was among the first to come to pit road, along with uh, the likes of Colton Herndon. 20 laps complete here at the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. 
Uh, still under caution. Uh, 21 laps complete. The Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Elio Castro Neves is your leader. And Jake Query can update us now at, uh, on uh, what, what has uh, happened with the car of Pato Award, which had come to rest right at the exit of Pit Road. And right at the exit of Pit Road is about 25 yards past where there is a break in the Pit Road wall to the drivers outside. So Pata Award sat, obviously, as Ryan Marine had talked about, incredulously waiting, not at the fault of the AMR safety team, but of course that caution had come out. Then they finally came. They hooked up to Pata Award. They pulled him back, and they have now pulled that car into the break in the wall. And Pata Award, who came into Long Beach, California, with hopes and dreams of securing a championship, is now climbing out of that Aero McLaren machine. He reaches into it. The AMR safety team has left him there outside of the car, and Pata Award will now make a very long walk back along Pit Road to return to his team with his dreams of a championship for this season dashed away as that car sits on the outside of that wall. Let's uh, bring Davey Hamilton into this. And, and Davey, got to be awfully frustrating for Pato Award, but, uh, but I think it only stands to reason with the success that he and that team has had this year. Uh, this may not be the only time we're talking about Pato Award in terms of being a championship contender. No, totally agree with that. I think, you know, the McLaren joining that team and, and Zach Brown, Sam Schmidt, Rick Peterson, uh, partners on that program, they're going to get stronger and stronger. And it just it's already shown they're, they're running for a championship right now. They'll have that chance again. Just unfortunate it ended, uh, you know, too short for Pato right here. And I think it really was due to that hit in that right rear tire by Jones cost him the whole issue. Any concern at all with the amount of time that he was left setting where he sat without the caution flag flying? Yeah, you know, when, when I know a car, if, if you know, personally, if I'm in race control and I see a car that has nowhere to go, that he's not going to make it into a safe position, I'd throw a yellow immediately and close the pits immediately before anybody had the opportunity to come in or try to take advantage of pit stops. I know pit stops are part of it, but you want to make it fair. You don't want it just the luck of the game that somebody happens to be there and he could shoot in the pits not knowing that yellow is going to come out. I think it should be the same for everybody, although I'll say this. I think they left it open and gave everybody the opportunity to pit, so that was good. But it did leave him in a precarious position of something, you know, somebody potentially coming out too wide in the pits and him right in the way. Yeah, we can see a member of the AMR IndyCar safety team walking back to pit road with Pottable Ward. And we know both Alex Wolf and uh, Ryan Marine are stationed there. And hopefully one of them can catch up with Pato. We hope to get his thoughts and impressions. We understand it uh, might be in a bit of a cool down period there for that young man. He's uh, frustrated, no doubt for sure. And, uh, you know, it, it, it sees him tumble to third in the points behind Joseph Newgarden. When Joseph was leading the race, that lead uh, for uh, for Alex Below was at 18 points, and it's now uh, back up to 37 points for Alex Below. So as far as Below's concerned, Davey, he avoided the incident. He avoided, uh, you know, disaster with that incident at the hairpin. And uh, for right now, he's doing what he needs to do at holding serve, as they say. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, absolutely. He came into this race with, you know, he said he's going to send it. And I don't think he really had the opportunity. He was up there fighting and then got actually sent, I guess you should say. He got uh, punted. And uh, right now, I, I think the situation is they want to make sure they 
can get third in that championship. That means a lot, too, to be in the top three. Don't know if they can get that car back in time to try to replace that half shaft or that drive shaft or get back out and just to cut laps to make sure that maybe, um, you know, it secures them a few more points. Let's go back out to turn eight. Nick Yeoman, you've done the math now, and instead of finishing 12th, uh, it's a little less daunting now for Alex Pillow. For sure. This was a uh, huge development for Alex Pillow's championship hopes uh, with Pato Award still in the mix. All he had to do was finish 12th with Pato now out of the race. All he has to do is finish 24th or better in this championship as is is his. It also depends on Joseph Newgarden winning as well. 24 laps complete this time by. Lights are out on the pace car. Four-time Indianapolis 500 winner Elio Castroneves. Michael Young, who's running behind him? He's right in front of Felix Rosenquist second. Then it's Takuma Sato, Scott McLaughlin, the lap car of Ryan Hunter-Ray. Will Power, your top five. We're back to green here on the streets of Long Beach. Point place running. Scott McLaughlin almost spun when he got back into the throttle off of the hairpin. Pretty good battle between Castroneves and Rosenquist in turn one. Castroneves gets into turn number one first with Rosenquist behind him. Dalton Pellet, meanwhile, mid-pack back, really locked up the brakes, almost lost a position, but got into turn number one safely. The question now becomes, can Elio Castroneves, as they set up between five and six, hold off the charging Felix Rosenquist? He does so, so far. Car linked in a half advantage for Elio Castroneves. Left-handed into turn number six, followed by Rosenquist. Then it's Takuma Sato, Scott McLaughlin, the car of Ryan Hunter-Ray and Will Power. Interesting to note, Nick Yo. That car of Ryan Hunter-Ray is fifth in line, but he's a lap down. Yeah, it's amazing. Of course, he had issues on that opening lap incident involving Ed Jones punting Pato Award. But it is Elio Castroneves into turn number nine by about three car lengths over Felix Rosenquist. Those two, Michael, have checked out on third place running Sato. Castroneves about four car lengths ahead of Felix Rosenquist. Then Takuma Sato about four car lengths back from him. Then it's Scott McLaughlin. Ryan Hunter-Ray has a back end step out. The fifth place running Will Power now about two car lengths behind the lap car of Ryan Hunter-Ray. We see the machine of Jack Harvey diving on a pit lane. Oh, that clean air is such a precious commodity, Jake Query. The lead for Elio Castroneves already at 1.3 seconds. Yeah, it was interesting, Mark, because last time by on the restart, Rosenquist looked like he might be able to get in on Castroneves through turn number one, but no such luck at all. Simon Pagino, by the way, got a little bit racy further back in the pack, went side by side, but now we look our way. Marcus Erickson is in turn number one, so Marcus Erickson is going to bring out a caution here as Elio Castroneves leads this field through turn number seven. And the pits are closed, but Davey, just prior to the pits closing, uh, just prior to the pits closing, Davey, we did see the window start to open up for those who had not pitted. Jack Harvey was among those that went to pit road. He may have timed it pretty well. Yeah, he may have, because now Castroneves, Rosequest, Sato, McLaughlin, those, those drivers, as we see what happened to the eight-car uh, well, he really didn't get hit by Rossi. Rossi showed it underneath of him. He didn't turn the car down in the rubber, slid up and got the wall all by himself as Rosher put pressure on him. But, yeah, the cars that haven't pitted will file in behind him right now as this yellow comes in. So that was good, a good strategy to, to pit right before that yellow came out. One of those situations, Davey, where uh, you don't always have spotters on road and street courses. I think Erickson might have benefited from somebody telling him Rossi was there. I, I don't think Rossi did anything wrong in that situation. I mean, that was just a good hard charge into turn number one. Yeah, no, he did not do anything wrong. I think what happened, Erickson seen him just at the last second, tried to give him room down there so he didn't chop him off, left him out on that outside where the grip just isn't there, just so slightly. He slid just a small amount, but got him into that tire barrier, Mark. 
So, caution on the course with 26 laps complete last year. IndyCar made a pledge to support diversity and inclusivity throughout the paddock at each of our events to get an update on some of those initiatives. Let's check in with Katie Kyle, who's with a member of the IndyCar community on track with diversity. We chatted with Jimmy McMillan earlier on in this season. He is the chief diversity officer and senior legal counsel for the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And Jimmy, Pareto Autosport, Force Indy, NXG Youth Motorsports, those are all programs that have become very public in the motorsports world. How have you seen those pay off with the average race fan? The fans are extremely excited. I say one of the most fantastic things about the work that we're doing here is it's a collaborative effort and so many people are coming to me both internally and externally with ideas of how to help in projects uh, and opportunities in motorsports to uh, enhance our diversity efforts and give people uh, around the country a chance to be a part of this. It's just really exciting and thrilling to see. It energizes, I think, everybody that's a part of this process to do more. You mentioned people coming and asking, can we do this? Can we try this? What are some of those things that folks are wanting to try or next projects for the Race for Equality and Change? Well, I'll give you an example. Our VP of facilities, Tyrone Garrison, is working with general contractor Jill Sexton, who has identified a program of kids who are interested in construction. And as you know, we, we build things and repair things and paint things, and under Roger's leadership, we continue to build new things. But these kids are interested in construction, not necessarily racing, where we're planning to bring them out to the track so they can have an experience to see what goes on here. But then follow that up by having some of those kids who are in this construction program build something here at the track, be engaged in putting something together, building a project, a construction project here at the track, so that they have a feeling of investment and see that this is yet another professional opportunity that exists in all of motorsports and all of the grand facilities where we race at. I'm Katie Kyle. That's On Track with Diversity for the NTT IndyCar Series. Thanks, Katie. You can hear more of that interview on our website. Go to IndyCar.com slash radio and click on the podcast. Uh, pit stops under this caution. Let's get an update from Alex Wolf. Felix Rosenquist surrendered the second position to come in. 7.75 seconds. No changes for the Aero McLaren SP team, and he was down and away. Thanks, Alex. And uh, so, Davey Hamilton, interesting to note that the, all of those cars that had not stopped decided to come to pit road that we had talked about, all but Elio Castro Nevis and Graham Rahal. Yeah, so what that does is the, the, the drivers that just pitted, the teams that just pitted, they have a six- or seven-lap window larger than the group that pitted the, originally, which could help if a yellow comes out. Uh, the two that I'm questioning is Ray Hall and Castro Nevis, first and second right now on the track. Ray Hall pitted on lap three. Castro Nevis has not pitted yet. He cannot have that much fuel in the car, so I'm, I'm anxious to see what strategy obviously it's going to be a two-stop strategy but he he can't have that much fuel left in that car mark matter of fact he's lucky on a two-stop 29 is kind of the number they're on lap 27 right now now they save fuel under yellow so can he make it to 32 probably but interesting that they did take advantage of that yellow and ryan hunter ray runs just behind him so he could very easily at some point in the not too distant future get his lap back now the old castro nevis leads the acura grand prix of long beach by Elio Castro Nevis. He is your leader. He's yet to pit in this race, and we're just about ready to complete lap 30. Graham Rahal last pitted on lap number three. Then it's Joseph Newgarden, Dixon, Herta, Hinchcliffe, Pelot, Pagino, Rossi, and Grosjean. 
Borde is 11th. VK is 12th. Johnson is 13th. Jones is 14th. Jack Harvey is 15th. Then Rosenquist and Sato, 18th is Power, 19th McLaughlin. Connor Daly, 20th, 21st Kimball. Eilat, 22nd. Chilton, 23rd. Kellett, 24th. Askew is 25th. Ryan Hunter-Ray is a lap down in 26th, but poised to maybe get that lap back as he runs just behind your leader, Elio Castroneves. Erickson is uh, out of the race. He'll be listed as 27th. Pato Award is out of the race, and he is listed in the 28th position, and the lights are out on the pace car as they make their way down that long back straightaway heading toward turn number nine, weaving back and forth, trying to scrub whatever dirt and dust might have piled up and keep that heat built up. And again, Davey, it's it's kind of an overcast, cool day, and uh, so far we don't see much affected in terms of the grip level. No, they're doing a good job. We see the cars slide around, especially after the starts and restarts that are coming to a start right now. Not the, the grip is definitely not what it could be, but they're doing a great job. As Elio Castroneves comes for that hairpin mark for the green flag. Yeah, we'll see what Ryan Hunter Ray is able to do. He's had a fast car all weekend long. Doesn't look like he's going to have much for Elio Castroneves on this restart. As a matter of fact, he's able to step away a little bit from Graham Rahal. They had to turn one to Jake Query. Elio Castro Neves with Ryan Hunter Ray just behind him. Then Graham Rahal, Joseph Newgarden, Dixon, and Hurt of the top five. Hinchcliffe, Pelot, Pagino, Rossi, and Grosjean, the top ten as they work their way around the fountain. Elio Castro Neves has a pretty comfortable advantage, Jay Query, off at turn number six. Yeah, that comfortable advantage is about a car length and a half, and that's the same advantage that Hunter Ray holds over the second place running Graham Rahal. Then it's Joseph Newgarden. Scott Dixon is really starting to work, though, on Colton Herta into turn number seven, Nick. Oh, vice versa, Jake. It was just a nice setup by Colton Herta as they were going side by side right in front of you, but it's Herta on the attack. He makes the pass, and he moves into the fourth position. So Colton Herta gets around Scott Dixon and immediately puts about seven car lengths between himself and Dixon. Next up, it's Joseph Newgarden. Elio Castro-Neves out of the hairpin. Then the lap car of Ryan Hunter-Ray, Graham Rahal. Boy, Colton Herta almost ran into the rear of Joseph Newgarden. Back end stepped out ever so slightly on Joseph Newgarden. But Colton Herta on a charge down the front straightaway. As we've said, he's had a fast race car all weekend long. And it wouldn't all be a surprise to see Colton Herta, a contender for victory lane. They had to turn wide. Almost looked like Colton Herta would be able to make the move on Joseph Newgarden in those red tires for Colton Herta into turn number one. But they managed to hold off through the fountain area. So Newgarden for now holds off Colton Herta. Question becomes, is he, is he going to be able to do it off of turn number five? Here comes Joseph Newgarden, the pole sitter, with Colton Herta right behind him. Herta starts to look to the inside. Can't make the move just yet. Working their way through turn number six. Nick, Colton Herta trying to relay in Joseph Newgarden. Stalking him right in the tire tracks all over the rear wing of that Hitachi Chevrolet through turn number eight. Colton Herta about a half a car length, maybe a full car length at corner exit. It's a battle for fourth. Newgarden moves to driver's right. Herta is going to go even lower. He'll get to the inside, and he'll make that pass, Michael. Colton Herta is your new third-place driver. Crowd comes to its feet here in the hairpin. Colton Herta on another great drive here on the streets of Long Beach. But for Elio Castro-Neves, he's got about a 20-car length advantage over second-place running Graham Rahal. Did we just see the difference between the reds and the blacks in that battle between Herta and Newgarden, Davey? 
No, absolutely. We can see how much advantage those red, softer sidewall tires are. And by the way, with this cool weather, they're lasting the entire stint. So you want to be on reds as much as you can. And you got to remember, you have to run a set of blacks sometime. And that's what uh, New Garden and Dixon are doing right now. They'll get off of them after the stint. And I don't think that uh, Herta has ran his black sidewall tires yet, so he's going to have to go through that as well, get some black tires on there, and that has slowed the pace down just a bit. But right now, when it all cycles through, once Castro Nevis and Rahal are going to pit, which should be momentarily, it's going to cycle Colton to the lead. Just a matter of time, I think, before he catches Graham Rahal, Nick Yeoman. Oh, he's, he's tracking him down out of turn number eight. In fact, it's about a four-car length advantage for Graham Rahal in that all-red total car as they approach turn number nine. Herta dives it in a little bit deeper. He's got about three car lengths away from Rahal. Michael, it may be just a matter of a lap or two. Yeah, for Graham Rahal, he needs to get around Ryan Hunter-Ray, that lapped car. He's unable to do so, so Graham Rahal running in that second position probably needs to pit here relatively quick, but Colton Herta, only four car lights behind. That's a battle for second place. Let's hear from Padua Ward, currently 28th position, Ryan Marine. Unfortunately, out of the race car. Pato, what can you tell us about what took you out and if it had anything to do with what transpired on the first lap? Uh, say again, I'm sorry, I can't hear. Yeah, okay. what can you tell us about what took you out and if it has anything to do with what happened on the first lap? Oh, yeah, our drive shaft broke. I think the, the right side of it, and um, I'm sure the impact that that uh, that hit us in the hairpin, which was Jones, I'm sure that didn't help us. So, um, yeah. Probably nothing else we could have done with that, and uh, it's just—it's a bummer. It's a bummer that that it has to end this way. I, you know, I at least wanted to just finish the race, uh, not go out like this and end the season like this. But it is what it is, I guess. Nevertheless, it's been a remarkable season. You get your first win. The team really turns into a title contender when the sting wears off. How proud are you of what the team has done this year? I'm proud, man. We've we've had a great season so far. I had my first win. We we had a, you know, we had a, another one on top of that, and you know, multiple polls. And I think it just speaks to to all the hard work that's gone into the into the season. And um, I think it's a great baseline to start off next year. Thanks so much for the time under tough circumstances. Uh, Callum Eilat has come to a stop in the runoff area in turn number one. The uh, IndyCar uh, AMR safety crew is there to get him restarted, get him back underway. Meanwhile, Elio Castroneves, Graham Rahal, Davey, they decide enough is enough on lap 34. Both came to pit road. Yeah, I'm not really sure of this strategy or how it's going to work. I'll, I'll pay attention to it. But right now, Colton Hurd has absolutely checked out on this race. Has an almost four-second lead over Joseph Newgarden with those red tires. He's just uh, he's really checking out. Matter of fact, Ryan hunter Ray's found himself back on the lead lap. But guess what? Colton Hurd is right behind him. I know they're teammates and all. But if Colton can pass him, he's probably going to do it and put him back a lap down. Yeah, Ryan Hunter-Ray, uh, again, has had a fast race car all weekend long. And it's just unfortunate what happened to Ryan hunter Hunter Ray at the start of this race, and uh, to show you the level of respect that 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 race team has, Davey Hamilton, uh, all of Andretti Autosport, all the guys on the 2018 current and former members, all signed the front nose wing assembly as a tribute to Ryan Hunter Ray, hoping to bring him luck on this day. Yeah, I'm sure they're going to give him that nose as well, so he can keep for a keepsake of the time he was with that Andretti Autosport. So he's probably trying extra hard to make sure he takes care of that nose and nose wing as well. So those front two starting to gain that some measure of distance. That's uh, Ryan Hunter-Ray and Colton Herta. Now, Ryan Hunter-Ray is actually leading the pack, but he is in the 25th 
position. Got his lap back. Colton Herta is the race leader. Then it's Newgarden, Dixon, Hinchcliffe, and Pelot. Pagino, Rossi, Grosjean, Bourdais, and VK, the top ten as they head to turn eight. And a tough situation for Ryan hunter Ray. He is the final car on the lead lap mark. He would love to stay on the lead lap. Only problem is he's got the fastest car on the racetrack, about six car lengths behind. That's Colton Herta, who's got a 4.4 second lead over Joseph Newgarden. And then, Michael, that battle second through about, I don't know, ninth or tenth. They are all stacked up out of turn number nine. Joseph Newgarden leading that train. It's been a very good battle since we've gone back to green. So Joseph Newgarden and Scott Dixon right behind him. Then it's James Hinchcliffe, points leader Alex Pelot, Simon Pagano. Great battles all the way back. About two car lengths separate all those cars. And Ed Jones has worked his way back to the 11th position, uh, but we're sure that Ed Jones has been eliminated from a number of Christmas card lists as Joseph Newgarden, the second place runner, Jake Query, goes back to turn one. And I'll tell you what, you talk about the second place running Joseph Newgarden. It feels like right now, as we take a look at the Christmas card list a couple months out, Herta feels like he's put like a month between himself and the second place running Joseph Newgarden because Colton Herta works his way into turn number six. You got to wait, you got to wait, you got to wait. And then Joseph Newgarden, followed by Dixon, James Hinchcliffe, Pelo, and Simon Pagano. No question, Ryan Hunter race keep a pretty good pace, Nick Gilman, off at turn number eight. Yeah, and in fact, all those Andretti Autosport cars have been fast. I mean, look at James Hinchcliffe running in the fourth spot. Alexander Rossi, seventh. He was towards the top of timing and scoring. So we know those cars have good pace. And as you mentioned, Hunter Ray doing a pretty good job, Michael, staying ahead of his very fast California teammate. Yeah, he's not been able to close that gap. Colton Herta, it's been about six car lengths for the last three circuits or so. Joseph Newgarden, still Dixon, then Hinchcliffe, then Pelot, then Simon Pagino. Things have really started to gap back to that machine of Ed Jones, who nearly had the back end step out and slap that outside retaining wall. Other than that, the rest of the field looking clean through the hairpin. Let's pick up second place again. That's Newgarden, Dixon, Hinch, and Pelot running behind him, Jake Query. It's a really good battle, and Simon Pagano's on the rear end of that battle as they work their way now around the fountain area, and they do so pretty evenly spaced. Literally, it's like a car length and a half between all of them. Again, Colton Herta with about two car lengths to make up before he gets to his teammate, Ryan Hunter-Ray. They have set sail into turn number seven, but now taking a look back, it's Newgarden, car length and a half back to Dixon, then a car length and a half to Hinchcliffe, followed by Polo, Pagano, and Rossi. And we take a look at those drivers. They make their way through turn number eight. It's still Newgarden by about two or three car lengths as he runs in the second position. Dixon's third, Hinchcliffe fourth. And then our points leader, Alex Polo, exactly where he needs to be. And that NTT data car running in fifth. Those drivers snake their way out of turn number nine. Yeah, it doesn't look like anybody's going to have an opportunity to overtake, at least not in this hairpin portion of the track. I will say one of the interesting battles or more interesting battles of the track are our two leaders or former leaders, Elio Castroneves and Graham Rahal, way back in the back of the pack. But those guys have been running nose to tail the last three laps. And Davey, Ryan Hunter-Ray last pitted on lap number five, and we know why because of the issue with that rear tire, but he just went to pit road for service. Yeah, time to come in. Fuel's done. He did all he could to get back on that lead lap, which he did. He got on that lead lap, but now with this pit, he's going to go back to a lap down. Just can't get the break that he needs to get his lap back. 
Davey, a couple of guys uh, having solid runs in the top ten. Alexander Rossi in the seventh position. And how about Sebastian Bourdais and Renus VK? They have top ten runs underway. Yeah, absolutely. I was just looking at Bourdais. Looks really strong on track. Looked up. Cindy was in that ninth position. Really good run for that A.J. Foyt racing car. And, uh, you know, right behind Grosjean actually fighting for that position. And as uh, Nick just mentioned, from second place down to about 15th, place. I mean, it's tight. I mean, they're all nose and tail. There's a race going on that entire time. Colton Hurd is the only one that's absolutely checking out on this field right now, but everybody else, is, there's battles everywhere. Uh, Motorsport and racer among those uh, releasing information that just prior to the start of this race that Sebastian Bourdais will in fact be a full-time IMSA driver next year, and uh, so we won't have Sebastian Bourdais full-time in the NTT IndyCar Series Davey, but he's hopeful to be here on a part-time basis with that IMSA the schedule allows him to do that. Yeah, and it'd be interesting to see what that schedule would actually be. It means that to, to be competitive in this series, you really need to race all the races. Now, can you come in and, and as a part-timer and win? Well, Elio Castroneves won his fourth Indy 500 doing that. Not an easy task to do, though, Mark. And so uh, we'll see if there's a team or a seat for him over here uh, to be uh, you know, a part-time racer in the IndyCar series. Don't see it happening right now, but you just never know. If somebody has a partial budget that wants to run some of the races, he's a good asset to have with the team. Uh, 40 of 85 laps complete next time by Colton Herta is your leader by 5.9 seconds over Joseph Newgarden. Dixon, Hinchcliffe below the top five. Then Pagino, Rossi, and Grosjean. Bourdais is ninth. VK is 10th. Jones is 11th. Harvey is 12th. Takuba Sato is 13th. Felix Rosenquist is 14th. Will Power, Scott McLaughlin, Connor Daly, Charlie Kimball, Oliver Askew, and Dalton Kellett through 20th. Chilton is 21st, Jimmy Johnson 22nd, Graham Rahal is 23rd, Elio Castro Nevis is 24th, Ryan Hunter Ray 25th, the lap down. Cameron Eilat is uh, a lap down in 26th, and uh, 27th is Erickson out of the race, 28th award is out of the race. Again, 40 laps complete at the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Forty-one laps complete. We'll update you on the championship, although as I'm talking, who knows what could happen and how it might change. But uh, Alex Below currently leads Joseph Newgarden by 34 points. And uh, Pato Award will finish 28th today, 60 points back. So Joseph Newgarden doing all that he can, Davey Hamilton, but he trails Colton Herta by 6.6 seconds. Yeah, he sure does. 6.6 seconds. And, and you have to remember, Colton Herta was like in fourth place when this uh, restart came out. So he had to pass three or four people to, to get in the lead. And they just absolutely check it out. His car is handling just like it's been this entire weekend superbly. And he's been the fastest guy the entire weekend. Just made a mistake in qualifying bending the left rear suspension of that car and sending him back in the field. But what a great recovery by uh, that team and, and, Potter and Colton. Uh, well, Davey, there's no question that if, if you want to go into uh, the next season with all kinds of momentum and uh, kind of, you know, situate yourself in terms of a discussion as a championship contender next year, uh, Colton Herta is doing all he can in that regard to close out uh, the 2021 on a very high note. Yeah, absolutely. As he did already last weekend dominated the event as we continue to talk about. Uh, Laguna Sega, pole sitter, wins the race with ease, I think, throughout the entire weekend. Seems 
was on pace to do that here until that mistake of qualifying. But, man, when it comes to race wins, that's the most important. And he is absolutely checking out. Now, he is on a little bit different strategy. He's going to be a three-stopper, pretty sure. And, uh, oh, wow, right now he is he's uh, absolutely airing, out, airing him out. Now, just since we've been talking, he's gained uh, about another half-second lead over Newgarden. Uh, Rossi, Rossi and Grosjean rubbing wheels into turn number one. Everyone came through it unscathed, however. That's the battle for the seventh position. Let's get more for the pit box of Colton Herta from Ryan Marine. They're talking pit strategy and fuel strategy for Colton Herta. He will be going to black sidewall tires on the next pit stop. He was asked if he wants any changes. He says he does not think so. Right now, the main topic of conversation has been about the fuel number. They're trying to get Colton to save just a little bit more fuel to get an extra lap on this stint. Other than that, he seems quite pleased with the way the race has progressed. Yeah, well, he's, he's in a different stratosphere right now. There's no question the lead is 6.5 seconds and... Uh, we mentioned Joseph Newgarden doing all he can. Uh, Jake Query, before long, you'll see that Joseph Newgarden has his hands full. He's got Scott Dixon, James Hinscliffe, and Alex Pallone positions two through five. They're trying to track him down into turn number one. So Newgarden works his way into turn number one with Scott Dixon right on that rear wing. Then they go through the area that Elio Castanevis and Alexander Rossi found out in the warm-up is essentially a single file area around that fountain area. So when they come into turn number five, the next opportunity for Dixon to try to get back up on that Hitachi machine. Joseph Newgarden runs away just a little bit into turn number six, followed by Dixon, and about four car lengths back before you get to James Hinchcliffe, followed by Polo and Pagano. The lead stays at 6.5 seconds for Colton Herta as the rest of the field heads to turn number eight. Yeah, and as Colton Herta gets further and further away for Joseph Newgarden, that championship hope for Newgarden stretches out as well because he absolutely has to win for any chance at the title. He'll lead Scott Dixon down into turn Turn number nine again. It's second, third. Newgarden and Dixon out of the ninth corner. And again, yeah. go ahead, working Michael. Their way, no, working their way through the hairpin right now. Joseph Newgarden about four car lengths ahead of Scott Dixon. That it's a little bit further back to the machine of James Hinchcliffe. And it really has been an interesting battle for this first portion of the race. And just trying to keep a hold or keep in touch of Colton Herta has been near impossible for this field. Pretty good run for Simon Pagano, Jake Query. He's closing up on fifth pace running Alex Pillow. Really good run for Pagano, as a matter of fact. He finds himself about 15 yards behind Polo as they work their way around the fountain area. But again, when they make the right-handed turn back up shoreline off of turn number five, that's a good opportunity for people to make up ground if they have the faster car than that and the one in front of them. Right now, Pagano trying to do that on Alex Polo, but the distance is about the same. Call it two car lengths between the two of them. Uh, Sebastian Bourdais giving that A.J. Foyt car a good ride in his final appearance for them, at least for this year. He's currently running in the ninth position, Nick. And Bourdais is uh, making his way out of turn number eight. He's given chase to uh, Alexander Rossi. Caught both of those cars when Rossi and Grosjean were tangled a little bit in turn number one. So if this is, in fact, Bourdais' final race, give it a good top ten run for that car for A.J. Foyt Racing, Michael. And consider the fact that he brought out the very first caution of the race when he got stuck down here in the hairpin. So indeed, a very good run for Sebastian Bourdais, a boy down here in the hairpin, guys. Will Power trying to get around Jack Harvey. Nearly putted Jack at the exit of the hairpin. Uh, Dixon still has uh, nothing for Newgarden, Jake Quarry. Pretty comfortable advantage for Joseph and one. And sometimes you wonder if we're at that point in the race where everybody just kind of lets things settle out just a little bit because everything kind of holds status quo. Leader Colton Herta, red tires, turn six. 
No issue down on that red and white curbing and then swings the car out. He's already setting up for turn number seven when Joseph Newgarden on black tires as well as Scott Dixon and Hinchcliffe worked their way now through turn number six. Tenth on back starting to get in resting Nick Yeoman. That's Ed Jones. That's Jack Harvey. And that's Will Power. Those guys pretty much nose to tail now. Yeah. What did Michael say? Someone nearly got punted in that situation down there. They are tight. It's Ed Jones first into turn number eight. He runs in the tenth position. Will Power, Jack Harvey trying to give chase for that final spot inside the top ten. Takuma Sato is in the mix as well. All of those drivers heading down towards turn number nine. Ed Jones leads that train. It's about a three-car length advantage over Harvey. And they are certainly... This time through, it's Sebastian, or should say Bourdais, about ten car lengths ahead of that tenth-place battle, which is Ed Jones and then Jack Harvey. Whatever Will Power tried to do last time, he certainly lost touch of that rear wing of Jack Harvey. Uh, 47 laps complete, 48 this time by a turn at Newgarden. Dixon, Hinchcliffe, and Pillow. Pagino, Grosjean, Rossi, Bourdais, and Jones, the top 10. Harvey is 11th. Power is 12th. Sato is 13th. Rosenquist is 14th. 15th is McLaughlin. 16th is Daly. 17th is Kimball. Askew, Kellen, and Chilton through 20th. Rahal, 21st. VK, 22nd. Johnson, 23rd. Castro Nevis, 24th. Hunter Ray, a lap down in 25th. 26th is Eilat. He's a lap down. Out of the race at 27th is Erickson. And Pottawa Ward is uh, out of the race. He will be shown in the 28th position. Davey, that lead for Colton Herna has grown to eight seconds. Nice lead. It continues to grow. Colton Herta hasn't put a wheel wrong. Now that's what he needs to continue to do uh, to keep this lead. Now, as we see, oh, I think Ryan Hunter Ray, as you say that, he has some smoke coming out of the back of his car. Looks like in that left rear area, looks like that side pod maybe had some damage to it when he had the earlier problem. But right now, uh, Ryan Hunter Ray is going to have to make a pit stop. It's Colton Herta continues to stretch that lead out. I don't think this is a cause of yellow for uh, for these guys, but, uh, but he's definitely going to have to pit. He's got a long way to go, Nick Gilman. He is limping toward turn number nine. A very visible strip being uh, carved into that left rear Firestone tire. And as Davey touched on it, it is indeed part of that left side side pod that is smoking that tire. Michael, he needs to get to pit lane immediately. Same tire that he had go down to the early portion of the race. And indeed, as a rub, there's just a groove down the center of that tire. But Ryan Hunterway will make it to pit lane. Uh, I, I, I think Davey Hamilton at the, this day... Uh, is pretty much indicative again, as we said, of the kind of season that unfortunately Ryan Hunter Ray has had in his farewell season. Uh, and, and, and in addition to Ryan Hunter Ray, it looks like a pretty lengthy stop is underway for the 20 run of Renus VK. Yeah, so don't know what happened to Renus VK working on the back of that race car. Engine Callion off, Hunter Ray. They're going to have to do something to that side pod to fix it. So long extended pit stops for those two drivers. So uh, coming up on 50 laps complete, your top 10, Herna, Newgarden, Dixon, Hinchcliffe, and Pillow, Pagino, Grosjean, Rossi, Bourdais, and Jones at the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Award has had that car behind the wall for quite some time. Let's get an update on what their mindset is from Alex Wolf. Well, literally right at the pit or entrance or to the paddock area, the Arrow McLaren SP number five Chevrolet is there. Pato Award is back into the car. They're getting him strapped in. The starter is behind him, so it looks like they're going to try to get that car back out there to at least finish this race in the season and try to see if they can preserve second in the championship. I've got some work to do in that regard. He's currently 60 back. Newgarden is uh, looks like 36 points back. The update from Pit Road brought to you by Speedway. 
official fuel, that convenience store of IndyCar. And Alex Pelot continues to work on James Hinchcliffe for that fourth position. Hinch has it. Pelot wants it. And since Pelot is working on him, that has allowed Simon Pagino to kind of sneak back into things. While meanwhile, the 21 of Rita's VK is stopped on the course. Let's again, uh, actually out on pit lane, and they're pushing him back to the pit box now. So cars really starting to stack up behind James Hinchcliffe now. He's currently running in the fourth position now with Pelot and Pagino giving chase. Yeah, and uh, Pelot's got two very hungry Frenchmen right behind him that would love to end this season with a race win. It's Pagino and Grosjean giving chase to Alex Pelot. Again, fourth, fifth, sixth, and seventh. James Hinchcliffe leads that train out of turn number nine, but Michael Alex Pelot is all over that rear wing. Well, he has been that way for the last three circuits. James Hinchcliffe exits the hairpin. Alex Pelot directly behind him. Pelot gets a nice run out of the hairpin about one car length behind James Hinchcliffe. Uh, comfortable advantage for Joseph Newgarden over that pack. Uh, and, and Colton Herta is out by 8.4 seconds. Scott Dixon tried to keep pace with Newgarden. There's that battle. Jake Query for fourth coming to you in turn one. They work their way now through turn at number one. The question for Alex Pelot is simple. You heard Nick Yeoman mention all he has to do at this point is finish 24th as it stands right now. So for Pelot, the incentive is not necessarily there to be overly aggressive. He has Pagano right behind him right now as they work their way and set up for turn number six. Pelot's about two car lengths behind James Hinchcliffe, but Pagano is glued to that rear wing of Alex Pelot. Finally got Pato Award restarted. They're going to change some tires, getting back out of the course. Let's pick that battle up. Nick Gilman off of turn number eight. James Hinchcliffe running in fourth. Yep, he's got that fourth position by about three or four car lengths over Alex Pelot. Another two back to Simon Pagano. And then behind them, things picking up. That's the battle for the seventh position. Roman Grosjean. Michael, he's got his hands full. Here comes Alex Alexander Rossi. Yeah, Rossi has been very aggressive down here at the hairpin, about a half a foot off of the rear wing of Ramon Grosjean, and we see one of the first takers up in the front, Simon Pagano, has dived to pit lane. Yeah, Davey Hamilton, here we are at lap 53, and we see that pit window start to open up for the final time of this race. Yeah, it sure does, uh, Mark. It's it's starting to open up for these leaders now. You got to remember the guys that pitted later: Castro, Nevis, Ray Hall. Uh, let me see who else. Power. Some of those drivers have a little extra fuel in their tanks, but right now the front runners are all going to have to pit. We'll see how it cycles through, but they should cycle them right back to the front. Well, they packed that thing full of fuel for Simon Page, you know, and he is down and away. We also see the same for uh, the Verizon 5G machine of Will Power. Power has been flirting with the top ten all day long. And, uh, uh, Davey, it's funny. You get this late in the race. You really don't see him kind of tweak those uh, front wings much. I mean, you you pretty well handling-wise have what you have, and you're happy with it. This stop should just be primarily oh, here comes Colton. Yeah, here comes Colton Herta, Mark. I'll let you take him because he's coming down pit lane right now. Our leader with a huge lead, 8.8-second lead on pit lane. Yeah, it'll be Colton Herta and Alex Pelot, both, we think, coming to pit road now on lap number 53. So here comes uh, Colton Herta. He has led 20 laps now of the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, Ryan Marine. And he was asked again, do you want any changes for blacks? He said no. So it's off of reds onto a set of sticker blacks here for Colton Herta. Pretty clean stop here so far. Five, four, five, two, five, two, and he is down and away. We expect Alexander Rossi and Alex Pelot. Pelot is in now as is Rossi. The service is underway. It'll be a set of sticker reds for Rossi as he leaves. Alex Pelot pulls out behind him. He's on red. He rejoins right next to James Hinchcliffe. That was a close.
close call. And how about Alex Wolf? Joseph Newgarden came in, went back on to the red tires. No changes. 8.41 seconds. The pit stop time for the Hitachi crew. Updates from Pit Road brought to you by Speedway Official Fuel and Convenience Store of IndyCar. Pretty close call between James Hinscliffe and Alex Pelot, Davey, on the exit of Pit Road. Yeah, that pit lane's really skinny, and uh, Pelot wanted that spot. Hinchcliffe, uh, he had it going into the pits, but Pelot got it coming out of the pits. Very, very close and tight. Took care of each other, but they merged right into traffic as Simon Pagino comes out between Jimmy Johnson and Hinchcliffe. Yeah, Pagino uh, was able to get uh, was able to get off of uh, uh, pit road, uh, get be able to get around Hinch, and it looks like uh, Nick Yeoman as they head to turn number eight, maybe an issue for James Hinchcliffe. Well, he was really slow out of turn number four when Pagino got around him, and now he's battling with Alexander Rossi into turn number eight. So maybe just trying to get some heat to those tires, but uh, it was a delayed process for James Hinchcliffe as they make their way down now towards turn number eight. Hinchcliffe will lead Rossi into that corner. So, uh, Michael, everyone trying to get some heat in these tires on outlaps here at Long Beach. Yeah, boy, that has stacked everything up with not only Hitchcliffe but Rossi. Then it's Sebastian Bourdais and Will Power so aggressive down here at the hairpin all over that rear wing. Uh, Grosjean uh, and Scott Dixon among those uh, that uh, recently came to Pit Road, and they're going to work their way back out of the course. And again, Davey, the interesting thing is about this Pit Road exit, uh, boy, you you are going to come right back out into traffic, which Grosjean just did. Yeah, sure, absolutely, and it's tight. you got to try to funnel your way into that turn one super narrow area, and then it comes says Simon Pagano and Grosjean wheel-to-wheel through turn five. They're still not giving that spot up, but it, it files into one lane to the next three corners, Mark, so um, it's everything to get out of that pit fast. And Hinchcliffe, as we talked about, Hinchcliffe just doesn't seem to be up to speed yet, losing a lot of positions as Will Powers going around the outside of him going down in turn eight. Back to pit road and Ryan Marine. It's amazing Alexander Rossi having the success he is. He's been complaining of ride height issues throughout the course of this race. He says he's been bottoming out so badly he cannot see in some instances. So not a happy camper inside the Napa Honda. Will Power, the latest to work his way around James Hinchcliffe. And uh, Ryan Hunter-Ray is working on him now. Ryan Hunter-Ray is actually two laps down, although Hinch tries to gather it back in. And he may have bumped ever so slightly the right rear tire of Will Power, Davey Hamilton. So it's been a wild couple of laps for James Hinchcliffe. Yeah, this is what we Hinchcliffe didn't need. He was running up front in that fourth and fifth position, looking really good. Needed these finishes. Needed to have a good finish. But when after this pit stop, he just rifled to the back. As you said, almost, if not, got into the back of uh, Will Power. And now they're all stacked up behind Ed Jones, talking about Will Power and James Hinchcliffe and Ryan Hunter-Ray. So uh, the timing of these pit stops, Davey, and again, that pit exit and around that fountain, that's very slow, very technical portion the race course, and uh, that provides the perfect environment for cars to get stacked up together. Yeah, and with cold tires, you know, one one car has warm tires up to speed, the other one's with cold tires. Now we see McLaughlin going underneath Ryan Hunter-Ray, coming down into turn eight. Haven't heard much of him today, but right now, he's trying to make some time up, and the cars that have not pitted find themselves ahead of Colton Herta, which would be Ray Hall. Rosaquist actually pitted on lap 57, finds himself in a good position right now in that second position. And Oliver Askew still yet to pit. Yeah, we see, uh, let's see, Felix Rosenquist uh, is coming off of pit road now. Uh, so uh, Graham Ray Hall last pitted on lap number 34. Uh, Herta last pitted on lap 54. Uh, Harvey last pitted on lap 57. And we see uh, the car of 
of Roman Grosjean coming back onto pit road. And, Davey, that's an unscheduled stop because Grosjean had last pitted on lap 55. Yeah, he pitted. We've seen him come out. Actually took advantage of passes. A few guys don't know if he had contact with the wall or something. Oh, yeah, the left rear tire, you can see where there's a scuff mark on that left rear tire. Must have had some contact with another car or the wall. Uh, must have broke something. Grosjean felt it and came in pit lane. Unfortunate run for him. So the question is, Davey, based upon what we're seeing in terms of timing and scoring, Askew last pitted on lap 28. He's currently first. Rosenquist runs second. Ray Hall last pitted on lap 34. And so does that mean essentially that the lead is going to cycle through uh, to Colton Herna now once, yeah. once we get Askew and Ray Hall uh, on to pit road? Yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. And you look at the difference between Colton Herta and the next car behind him, which would be uh, Joseph Newgarden right now. It's 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 about nine second difference between Herta and Newgarden. So right now, Herta, what he doesn't want is a yellow flag. What the rest of the field wants was Dixon. Pelo, Pajero, all those guys would love to see Yellow to catch up to Herta. Right now, they could probably pass him or have opportunity to because he's on blacks while everybody else is on red. Coming up on lap number 59, and Nick Yeoman, you say there might be some issues with debris between 8 and 9? Yeah, I was just watching a battle between Felix Rosenquist and Ed Jones. It was for 12th. They went side by side down that long back straightaway, and all of a sudden saw some pieces of carbon fiber get kicked up and now sitting in the middle of the racetrack. Not sure, Mark, exactly whose car that came off of, but again, it was Ed Jones and Felix Rosenquist uh, making things awful tight down that back straightaway. So, uh, but here's where we are. Coming up on 60 laps complete, Askew is your leader. He last pitted on lap 28, though, needs one more stop. Graham Rahal last pitted on lap 34. He currently runs second. Then it's Herta, Newgarden, Dixon, Pelot. Pagino is seventh. Rossi is eighth. Harvey is ninth. Bourdais is tenth. Sato, 11th. Jones, 12th. Power, 13th. Rosenquist, 14th. McLaughlin is 15th, Hinch 16th, Daly 17th, Kimmel 18th, Kellett 19th, Elio Castroneves 20th, Max Chilton 21st, 22nd is Jimmy Johnson, 23rd is Roman Grosjean, but he has been on pit road for a very long time. Two laps down is Ryan Underray, he's had issues all day long as well. 25th, 11 laps down is Rita's VK, not yet shown officially out of the race. Calum Eilat is out of the race, 26th. 27th, Erickson out of the race. Award is back, but he's 34 laps down in 28th position. We pause 10 seconds for station identification. This is IndyCar Radio. 61 laps complete of 85 and a couple of issues out on the course, bringing out a full course caution, closing the pits, the 45 of Oliver Askew and the 20 of Connor Daly. Davey, what does this do to pit strategy? Well, for, for one, that's what Colton Herta did not want to see. He did not want to see the yellow was such a huge lead. As a matter of fact, he had a 14-second lead, or about a 12-second lead, actually. As And, uh, man, that's going to... Uh, allow Newgarden, Dixon, Plow, Pagano, all those drivers to come up right behind Herta. They're on the softer red compound tires. They, they, they could. I mean, Colton is so fast right now. This car's so balanced. But this is giving them opportunity not only to possibly stay with it or pass him, but definitely be able to stay with him, not what Colton wanted to see. Just got to look at the replay, Nick Yeoman. A two-car incident, in fact, between Askew and Daly. Oliver Askew and Connor Daly were playing chicken down into turn number nine. Askew on the inside. I think he technically won because he was the last one to break. Connor Daly, the car on the outside, had to sail off into the runoff area where he 
stalled it, and it's being backed up. The bigger issue, though, was for Oliver Askew because he carried so much speed. Mark, he buried it underneath the tire barriers. So two American drivers with rough days looking down in turn number nine. Uh, looking forward to being a contender today in his final race with uh, with Dale Coyd Racing. Rick Ware Racing talking about Roman Grosjean. He is now three laps down. Alex Wolf, how about an update? Well, made contact with the wall, white wall, the left rear, and in the process broke a toe link. Came to the attention of the Dale Coyne Racing with Rick Ware Racing, Nerdtech ODT crew in the 51 car. After he said losing the three laps, were able to make those repairs on the left rear and sent Grosjean back out. Uh, so the work continues to extricate the, the high V machine of Oliver Askew from the tire barrier. Had to remove the uh, the front nose wing assembly off of that car and a little bit of banners flopping around now. And I think they finally have it loose. And they're looking at the front of that car and hopefully can uh, get it back underway so he can drive it back to pit road. And again, this is uh, the area down in turn number nine, a two-car incident involving Connor Daly and Oliver Askew. Throughout the course of the season, Jake Query has gotten up close and personal with uh, many drivers in the IndyCar paddock. We call it a hot lap. He's taking a hot lap today with Joseph Newgarden. The hot lap is with Joseph Newgarden, two-time NTT IndyCar Series champion from Team Penske. I'm going to get right to it, Joseph. Let's begin with this. How did you meet your wife? That's a long story. Well, I don't know that it's long, but it's definitely took place a while ago. I met her at Disney World. You know, she was working. Um, I was there traveling with my, I was there with my family on vacation, and she was working as a princess. And really? Yeah. We somehow, you know, we met. She, uh, she struggled to stay in character. That's how I like to tell the story. You met a princess and married a princess. That makes you a king, right? I, I could be. That maybe, maybe so. In some, in some countries, I'd be considered a king. Yeah. What's your favorite cereal? Fruity Pebbles. Favorite, uh, favorite movie? Oh man, uh, Inception. First concert you ever attended? I think it was an NSYNC. Don't laugh at me. My sisters went. What's the worst concert you ever attended? Uh, the NSYNC one was good, man. I'm not going to say that. It was pretty good. <laughs> oh, wow. Pretty good when I was seven, man. They, okay. That was when they were flying over the crowd and everything. Sure, yeah. Okay. Uh, I don't know. The worst concert. If you could attend any concert now, who would you choose to see? Ooh. I mean, you're going to hate this. I, I'm a huge Coldplay fan. I would like to see Coldplay in concert, but I feel like people hate on Coldplay. I don't know why that is. No, they're, they're okay. Yeah, see, you're They've kind of had a resurgence. Look at this. You just hated on Coldplay, right when I told you. I knew it. I could feel it. I could yeah. sense it in your voice. I want to find something better. You know who I really like? It's Midland. Midland's like a cool band from uh, from uh, Tennessee. Okay. Um, great country band. They're like super old-timey. Awesome. Uh, Joseph Newgarden, your hot lap is complete. Some interesting insight into the musical taste and history of what Joseph Newgarden gets stuff all year long. Uh, Jake Query, uh, that hot lap with uh, NTT IndyCar Series drivers. Time for Graham Rahal to come to pit road. Davey Hamilton, he last pitted on lap 34. Lap 34, so the good news is he can make it to the end of the race on one more stop easily where some of these drivers now, I have to say this, Colton Herta, he needed to save about two laps of fuel, one this stint and one the next stint to make it to the end on the strategy he was. This yellow flag opened that up completely, so fuel won't be a problem. One more stop for him, so puts him in a good position. The bad news for Rahal, he's going to file down the running order right now. Uh, not not going to really have an opportunity to win this race, but the curious, everybody is on red tires, except our leader, Colton Herta. 
Rosenquist back in 14th, and then Ryan Hunter Ray, who's two laps down in, in 22nd. So uh, Colton Herta could be a sitting duck uh, if those red tires are that much better than his blacks, but he's been so fast, I think he could possibly stay out front yeah. on the harder compound black tires. Yeah, we've seen the difference for sure. Uh, about that Ray Hall, Letterman, Lanigan race team, Davey, as we get ready to go back to green. Interesting to see what their roster is going to look like. A pretty good shot that even Takuma Sato may not return. Graham Ray Hall may end up with two new teammates next year. That's what I understand. That uh, that basically is what's happening. That uh, Sato is not returning from what uh, we're here and could have two new two teammates. We think we know one of them potentially, and uh, the other one. Uh, and they got a lot of a lot of good opportunities or good good options for drivers. Let's say everybody on the same pit strategy now. Michael Young gives the roll call into the air pit. So Colton Hurd has got about a two-car length advantage over Newgarden. Then it's Dixon, Pelot, Pagano, Rossi, Harvey, Bourdais, Sato, and Ed Jones, your top ten. We're back to green here on the streets of Long Beach. Out front, the place to be, Jake Query. Lots of clean green racetrack for Colton Herta. So how are those tires going to hold up? Right now, so far, so good for Colton Herta. Sets up for turn number one. Everybody single file as it's Newgarden followed by Dixon and Pelot as they work their way around. The leader, Colton Herta, around the fountain area. Once they get into turn number five, will that allow for perhaps Newgarden and Dixon to get up closer to that Gamebridge machine that has been so strong the last 20 or so laps here at Long Beach? Colton Herta sets up for turn number six. Three car length advantage over Newgarden, followed by by Dixon, Polo, Pagano, Rossi. Then you get back a little bit before Jack Harvey. It is Colton Herta who leads him into turn number eight by about three car lengths over New Garden, Dixon, and then our championship leader, Alex Polo, right where he needs to be in the fourth position ahead of that Menard Chevrolet of Simon Pagano. Down that long back straightaway, Herta's car is fast. As Jake pointed out, though, Michael, the question are those black tires, can they hold up throughout the course of this race? Boy, it looks like they're certainly holding up at least on this first lap of restart as Colt Curtis back in, steps out as he exits the hairpin. Joseph Newgarden about five car lengths behind Colton Herta as they streak down that front straightaway. Jake Query, Alex Below started 10th today. The pressure of a championship not showing so far as he's worked his way up the fourth place. Nope, and behind him he sees Alexander Rossi all of a sudden get company from Jack Harvey who tried to make a move in that second position. But Rossi shut that door. Below, as he talked about, Mark, one would assume at this point is just thinking, okay, I need 20 clean laps left. Leader, though, Colton Herta, three car length advantage over Joseph Newgarden off of turn number five. Herta starts to swing that car just a little bit wide into turn number six, down along the red and white rumble strips. Newgarden, then it's Dixon Poe and Pagano. Everybody evenly separated out of turn number six as uh, Newgarden, his disadvantage is 1.07 seconds to Joe to Colton Herta as they make their way out of turn number eight. Everybody separated by two or three car lengths. Jack Harvey giving chase to Alexander Ross that's a good battle for the sixth position, but it's Colton Herta headed to the hairpin. Yeah, those alternate reds, boy, they're not as good as Colton Herta on blacks. Herta just that good this afternoon. You talk about that battle with Harvey and Rossi. They just now exit the hairpin, but Rossi gets a good launch. He's about four car lengths ahead of Jack Harvey. Uh, Scott Dixon is right there on second place running Joseph Newgarden. Alex Below giving chase as well. Simon Pagino completes the top five back to turn one. 
lineup. And then behind Pagano, again, it's Rossi and Harvey. They have distanced just a little bit, Mark, from Sebastian Bourdais. Elio Castro-Nevis, we thought, would be in contention. He had a very good qualifying run. Had some issues, uh, we'll say, with Alexander Rossi in the final warm-up. And, uh, boy, he has faded throughout the course of this one, Nick Yeoman. He's not been in contention. Matter of fact, Elio Castro-Nevis currently running 18. Yeah, those laps he led earlier were the first that he had led in an IndyCar race since lap 200 of the 150 Indianapolis 500, but you're right, he has faded all the way down to 18th, and now the attention for Meyershank Racing probably turns towards Jack Harvey, who runs in the top 10. Elio, though, Mark, making his way down that back straightaway. Yeah, Jack Harvey saying in the pre-race show, Davey, he was hoping to go out strong. He said it's been a memorable journey with Meyershank Racing. They've all grown up together, and Jack Harvey wants to give him a good run before he hits off to another team next year. Yeah, rightfully so. He's done a great job. I mean, we, he's really became a driver. We've all been able to watch that team and, and Jack Harvey become contenders in a great race team and finds himself seventh right now, 4.7 seconds behind the leader, Colton Herta. Meanwhile, Colton Herta, uh, I think that he has enough fuel. I mean, uh, that yellow flag it may have hindered him somewhat by allowing second, third, fourth, all the, the cars to gain back up on him, but right now on those black harder tires, he's still pulling away from Newgard, 1.4 seconds, so uh, Newgard and Herta, they're all a little close on fuel. Dixon isn't in the best position. He has one more lap of fuel than the two cars in front of him, but uh, I think with that yellow, that we're going to see pretty much what we see right now all the way to the finish. Uh, you were concerned a bit about what the situation would be for Colton Herta on those blacks with everyone else on reds. Uh, is there just not as big a disparity as we thought between the reds and the blacks, or is this kid just that good or maybe a little bit of both. <laughs> I think it's big disparity. I just think that he's so absolutely just hooked up, flying. The kid's really good. He doesn't mind those black tires. Um, now, the good news for him is as the race goes on, the black tires are the ones that wear less. So he should be able to keep his speed up towards the end of the run more than those uh, drivers behind him on the red. So uh, right now, if, if you couldn't have passed him early on at the start of this stint, I don't think you're going to be able to do it right now. Um, it's only one second late. New Garden count a little bit, but Man, catching him and passing him is going to be one never thing, but I don't even know if he can really catch him. Eight-tenths of a second, and the, the gap narrows a little bit because Joseph Newgarden breaks just a little later. Uh, they glide around that fountain now, a very picturesque portion of this race course. It's Herna, Newgarden, Dixon, Pillow, and Pagino, then Rossi, Harvey, Bordet, Sato, and Jones as they head back to turn five. It is such a great scene because the cars just splitting their way through this artery that separates between this massive fans here in Long Beach, the Ferris wheels, the Pike Plaza shopping area. Nick Yeoman, beautiful day here in Southern California. Yeah, not nearly as many fans in my part of the racetrack around turns 8 and 9, but Colton Herta uh, looks just as fast in that part of the racetrack as well as he makes his way through turn number 9. He stretches it out to about 4 or 5 car lengths and back in front of the fans, Michael, down by you in the hairpin. Boy, the fans are packed here in the grandstands down in the hairpin and down that front straightaway. And they are cheering on Colton Herta as he makes his way down that front straightaway. Eight car length advantage over Joseph Newgarden. Fingers crossed to the folks at King Tacos, Jake Query. We may be 15 laps away from tacos for everybody. Yep, because Colton Herta just went underneath the King Taco Bridge along the main straightaway before setting himself up for turn number one. Again, everybody now single file as Colton Herta, the leader, works his way around the fountain area. He will then take the right-handed turn on shoreline to come back up east before going north onto Pine Avenue. He does so with a four-car length advantage over Joseph Newgarden. Newgarden is starting to get get a lot of pressure from Scott Dixon, who runs just behind that number two machine. If uh, 
uh, Colton Herter wins the race and Alex Pillow wins the championship, does that mean we get fried chicken tacos? I don't know. Questions that we will never have answered. But Pillow runs in fourth. Jake brought up a good point. Scott Dixon starting to put the pressure on Joseph Newgard. Newgard moving around the racetrack, trying to break that air and hold on to that second spot. Michael, as they race out of turn number nine. Yeah, that gap from Joseph Newgarner, who's running second back to Dixon, is about one car length in and about two car lengths back to Alex Pillow. They exit the hairpin. Joseph Newgarner gets a nice run, but so too does Scott Dixon. Looks like Joseph Newgarner has about a two car length advantage. Jamie, let's face it, if Scott Dixon, being the consummate team player, gets a chance to uh, take that second position from Joseph Newgarner, if it helps Alex Pillow, which it will, he's going to do just that. Yeah, I think he just wants to win this race. I think he knows that Alex is in a really good position to win the championship. He currently has a 38-point lead if he was to finish fourth behind Dixon. So, But I just don't know. Dixon's been behind Newgarden all day, just hasn't had enough uh, speed to get by Newgarden. And Newgarden is staying even with Herta. And you know, like I said before, uh, with those red tires, you need to do it sooner than later because they're going to wear out quicker than those black tires that Colton Herta has on. Uh, Will Power looking to make a strong finish. He just worked his way around Ed. Jones. He grabbed the 10th spot now. The leader back to turn 8. Yep, they snaked their way out of turn number 8. It is still Colton Herta, 9 tenths of a second. It's kind of stabilized about 5 to 6 car lengths back to Newgard. Newgarden's had a good lap here on lap 71. He's putting a little breathing room between himself and Scott Dixon. And then, Michael, it's our championship leader, Alex Below. Yeah, I think, if anything, Colton Herta's starting to check out from Joseph Newgarden. Those reds on Newgarden's car may be fading, but that time by, Scott Dixon lost a lot of ground on Joseph Newgarden and actually Alex Below starting to catch his teammate. Interesting to note, Davey, some of the guys whose future, we don't know what it holds for them right now, but having good runs today. Fifth place running Simon Pagino, seventh place running Jack Carvey, Bourdais in eighth, Sato in ninth, and Ed Jones in eleventh. All of those guys with pretty good runs today. Actually, pretty good runs, for, as you say, for a lot of them. Run, but where are they going to land? I think Harvey. We, I have a good feeling. I think he, he's going to land with Ray Hall Letterman. We'll see if that's true or not. Uh, Sato, I don't know. I uh, could be maybe in a coin car, but he needs a good run no matter what. He wants a good run. Will Power Jones uh, from that first lap incident and a penalty coming back to 11. Really good run for him, actually, in McLaughlin. Trying to get that rookie of the year uh, tied up in that 12th position right now. Uh, looking like he's going to have rookie of the year. 73 laps complete next time by. It's Herta, Newgarden, Dixon, Pillow, and Pagino, the top five. Rossi, sixth. Harvey is seventh. Bourdais is eighth. Sato is ninth. Power, tenth. Ed Jones, eleventh. Scott McLaughlin, twelfth. Rosenquist, thirteenth. Hinchcliffe, fourteenth. Fifteenth, Charlie Kimball. Sixteenth, Chilton. Seventeenth, Rahal. Eighteenth, Kellett. Nineteenth, Castro Nevis. Twentieth, Jimmy Johnson. Twenty-first, the lap down, Connor Daly. Two laps down in 22nd, Oliver Askew. Two laps down is Ryan Underray in 23rd. Three laps down is Roman Rojan in 24th. 25th is VK. He's down 25 laps out of the race. Callum Isla 26th. 34 laps down, Potable Ward 27th. Marcus Erickson is out of the race. He will finish 28th today. Bit of a close call between Charlie Kimball and James Hintcliffe back in the pack. That's a battle for the 14th position. They banged wheels at the entrance to turn number one. Meanwhile, back up front, the lead is six-tenths of a second for Colton Herta over Joseph Newgarden as they head toward turn number eight. Newgarden starting to inch closer to Colton Herta. As you mentioned, six-tenths of a second. That looks like about three or four car lengths. They both get hard on the brakes through turn at number nine. Michael, my eye says it's getting closer. How about you down in the hairpin? 
boy, Joseph has not given up the ghost. Joseph Newgarden has closed that lead that Colton Herta had. At one point was eight car lengths. It's down to about four car lengths. Joseph Newgarden on the charge. Six tenths of a second, the advantage for Colton Herta. He's got pretty good speed off the corner, Jake Query, as they head back to turn number one. It's interesting because there are only three cars on the track this late in the race on black tires. That's Ryan Hunter Ray running 23rd, Felix Rosenquist running 13th, and the guy who's running first, talking about Colton Herta, who's hoping that those black tires can hold on long enough to let him hold off the pole center, Joseph Newgarden, who is of course on the softer reds. Newgarden two car lengths behind Herta. Herta sets up for turn number six, takes it down low. Newgarden stays in that same track. He is two car lengths behind Colton Herta. They'll snake their way out of turn at number seven down the hill towards the right-hander of turn number eight. Colton Herta starting to stretch it out using the racetrack as wide as it can down this long back straightaway. Comfortable right now into turn number nine as he's got about a three-car length advantage over Joseph Newgarden. Then it's Scott Dixon, the interesting spectator right there in third. Yeah, about a three-car length advantage for Herta over Newgarden. Then three car lengths back to Scott Dixon. About four car lengths back to Alex Pelot running fourth. And then five car lengths back to Simon Pagino. He runs fifth. A little bit further back, Scott McLaughlin picked up a position over Ed Jones. He is now running in the 11th position. And, Davey, what are we looking at in terms of push to pass between the front runners? Yeah, you want to keep track of that as well to see who has what. Right now, Colton Herta with 95 seconds left. Lot, actually. Newgarden with 87 seconds left, and you got Dixon with 89, Pelot with 87, so those top four really close on amount of push to pass they have left with Colton Hurd, the leader, having the most. I just saw Chilton and Rahold in the battle for the 16th position go side by side into turn number one. Alex Pelot is stuck right in the tire tracks of his teammate, Scott Dixon. Dixon starts to pull away a little bit. Meanwhile, Joseph Newgarden sees that lead for Colton Hurd back to eight-tenths of a second, Nick Yeoman. And think about this. In fourth, you've got the guy who is uh, 10 laps away from winning a championship. Second and third are the two guys that have won the last four championships. And then it's our race leader who, if momentum is anything, Michael might be the favorite to win it next year. Colton Herta leads yeah. him in the hairpin. Yeah, he's already out of the hairpin, and he has got the bow. Colton Herta may have been toying with Joseph Newgarden in those last couple of laps. He's checked out, now has an eight-car length advantage over second place running Newgarden. Just his second season in the NTT IndyCar Series. Talking about Alex Pelot, Davey, and, uh, you know, uh, back uh, not too long ago, he had a couple of TNFs, had some issues, and it looks like looked like maybe that he was starting to waver a little bit. But, uh, boy, he locked the jaw, and that kid has held on to the championship in the second half of the season. Yeah, it's one of those championship years that everybody that's in contention has had problems. Not one, but more. Several problems. We used to watch Newgarden, the very first race at Barber Motorsport Park. First lap crash, took him out. Had some other issues throughout the year. Same with our championship leader. How composed has he shown himself? And the speed has been impressive. But he's had three bad events, uh, putting him actually lost the lead at one point to Pato Award. But then Pato, as we can see today, another bad day for him. So bad luck for all the contenders. But right now, Plo has the least of the bad luck, I guess I should say, uh, leading this points championship. Well, we said it at the time when Joseph Dugarden had that first lap crash at Barber Motorsports Park. As competitive as this series is, we didn't want Joseph to get to the end of the season to point to that one as kind of a difference maker in the championship, but that may very well be the case. What happens is, unfortunately, I know the feeling, and when you're that close in a championship, you always go back to that race, what really cost you, and what could have you done or prevented from happening to gain some points and 
Joseph Newkern is going to look at that first lap of Barber coming over that hill on the very first lap and losing control and, and spinning in front of the field, and that cost him a load of points, finishing dead last in that event. And he, uh, unfortunately, is going to look back at that first lap incident and go, what could have been? Well, he's not done today, Nick Yo, but he's got that lead down to five-tenths of a second now as they make their way off of turn number six. little short straightaway. They'll go downhill to turn number eight. Here comes Joseph Newgard. Yeah, championship be damned. If he's not going to get the Astor Cup, he can at least close the season with a race win, and he is closing on Colton Herta out of turn number eight. He got to within four-tenths of a second, but, boy, Colton Herta rocket out of turn number eight. Michael, it's three car lengths out of turn number nine. Uh, you could talk about what could have been for Joseph Newgard in that part breaking when he clearly could have won. Road America gave that win to Alex Pillow. He has closed that gap again on Colton Herta. It's down to about five car lengths. Looks like Dixon starting to close in on that rear wing of Newgarden as well. I think Davey Hamilton, if we go back and revisit Pato Award and then getting back out onto the track, he just pulled it onto pit road and he's taking the helmet off. I think that was designed simply to make sure that he has a firm grasp on that third position in the points championship. It takes it over Scott Dixon, who's currently at fourth. Yeah, that's correct. He had to go out and just finish as many laps as he could to make sure that he got he took advantage of every single point. I don't think it did anything for him, but it could have if somebody else could have had an accident or put behind him. But uh, they're pitted now. He's done for the day. Looks like he's pretty much locked in that third position in the points championship. Just like that, Nick Yeoman, the lead back to one second for Colton Hurdle or Joseph Newgarden, and they will complete lap 79 next time by. It's like cat and mouse, isn't it? As soon as Newgarden gets close, Colton Hurdle rail. All right, I've got to crank it to 11 and start to step away. He's got a 1.2 second advantage over Joseph Newgarden. Newgarden not getting pressured for second. Scott Dixon, three car lengths behind. Yeah, I think Colton just kind of using Joseph Newgarden like a play toy, batting him around every time Joseph thinks he might have Colton in his sights. Colton checks back out. Boy, I tell you, Colton Herta has been so impressive in this last stage of this race. Eight car length advantage over Newgarden. And Jake Query, i got to believe that the next six laps for Alex Below can't come quickly enough. He is just six laps away from securing a championship for his data and Chip Ganassi. He knows, does Alex Pillow, that he simply needs to be clean for those six laps. He has Simon Pagino behind him. That's not necessarily of any concern to Alex Pillow because at this point, he just simply has, like I mentioned, to keep the race clean as he works his way down the home stretch. Also, into the home stretch, turn number six, Colton Herta with just behind him, Joseph Newgarden. One, two, and three pretty evenly spaced. Scott Dixon running third. It is about a five-car length advantage. It stays that way for Colton Herta as they go down down the hill. Haven't had as many problems in turn number eight as we anticipated. We saw a slew of them throughout practice and qualifying, but these drivers have stepped their game up. Colton Herta among those who has done it the most with just six laps to go. Michael, he still leads Joseph Newgarden. Sun starting to peek out from behind the clouds here on the streets of Long Beach. Joseph Newgarden closes that gap back down again to about five car lengths. Those two have checked out over third place running Scott Dixon. He's about eight car lengths behind Newgarden. Day is done for Roman Grosjean. He is out of the car, has the helmet off, a rare DNF for him. Final drive for that team. You'll see him in that DHL machine next year with Andretti Autosport. Five laps to go. Colton Herta with a six-tenth of a second lead over Joseph Newgarden. 
Scott Dixon, Alex Below, Simon Pagino, the top five. Rossi, Harvey, Bourdais, Sato, and Will Power, the top ten, as they pop back into the view of Jake Query in turn number five. And when they pop back into view, they pop back into view with Joseph Newgarden, looking like he might be carving or whittling away again at that lead. But Colton Hurley gets a little bit of breathing room, Nick, in turn number seven. And you see Newgarden. I mean, he is giving it everything he has. If he's got anything in the tank, now is the time to empty that backpack and see what you've got. Newgarden closes to within about five car lengths, but Colton Herta so strong again towards turn at number nine. Michael, he stretches it out once again. Colton Herta. Turn number 10 comes Colton Herta. Gap, gap goes back down to about four car lengths. Dixon able to close back up on Newgarden, but Colton Herta gets a nice launch out of this hairpin, but Joseph Newgarden's right there, only five car lengths behind. Eight-tenths of a second, the advantage. 17th place finish at St. Petersburg for fourth place running Alex below Jake Query. He finished 15th in one of the races at Belle Isle, 27th and 20th in that disastrous stretch of the Indianapolis GP and also a worldwide technology raceway, but but uh, he followed that up with a win and a second-place finish at Laguna Seca and Long Beach. This kid is a cool customer. The other thing about Alex Pelot that you have to give him so much credit is the fact that the final leg of the season, all three on the West Coast. Nick, we had all talked about it, the fact that Alex Pelot was coming to three racetracks he had never before raced. Portland, Laguna Seca, and here on the streets of Long Beach. But so far, so good. Alex Pelot looking just like he did the last two races. Yeah, just a remarkably quick learner. He adapts so fast. Not only coming to those new racetracks, but how often have we seen him come to a new track and immediately be in the top? five in the first practice session. It has been a great year, and Michael, he's four laps away from carving out his first IndyCar title. Yeah, that's been impressive, an impressive year for Alex Pelot. Going back to the front of the race right now, I will say that it looks like Joseph Newgarden started to close in on that Colton Herta lead. That was down to four car lengths, Mark James. Yeah, back up to six tenths of a second, and it's clear, Davey, that when Colton gets off that hairpin, he's just got better pull-away speed than Joseph Newgarden does. Yeah, we're, and that's where, you know, that's key to get off that hairpin. We watched Joseph Newgarden in the tighter areas where those, those softer red tires seem to have a little more grip in the tighter areas than Colton's black tires, but when it gets to coming off these corners in the long straight ways he really gets the launch that he needs he really knows how to do that half second lead right now i gotta remember uh new gardens hammering that push to pass he has 30 seconds less of it now than colton hurt us so colton when it comes to straightaways he has an opportunity to check out got up to six tenths around the fountain nick yeoman back down to four tenths now it's back up to seven tenths yeah and again it's those technical part of the racetracks where new garden looks a little stronger but as they make their way down towards me in turn number nine it's the horsepower and speed advantage of colton hurt michael that's the advantage he's got Yep, still three car lengths. Colton Herta over Joseph Newgarden. Dixon running in that third position. Polo fourth. Simon Pagano fifth. That gap from the leader. Colton Herta back to Joseph Newgarden. Still four car lengths. And there are just three laps, two laps to go in the season, we should say. It's Herta, Newgarden, Dixon, Polo, and Pagano. As Michael said, the top five back to Jay Query. Working their way, Colton Herta into turn number one around that fountain area. And again, for those of you unfamiliar, we're talking about Colton Herta trying to win this race. Alex Pelot trying to secure 
the points championship. A year ago, Alex Pelot didn't know for certain at this point if he would have the funding to get a full-time ride this season. Now here he is, just a couple of laps away from potentially becoming the title winner. But Colton Herta for the race, just over a lap to go, Nick Yeoman, if he wants to win here in Long Beach. And Colton Herta searching all over the racetrack to try to stay ahead of Joseph Newgarden. Gets a nice charge out of turn number eight. He'll put about five car lengths over Newgarden, Dixon, and then fourth place running Alex Pillow. Michael, we're getting close. It's championship time. Boy, Alex Pillow, as a teenager, wanted to be an IndyCar driver. Who knew? The young man was so impressed with this series and wanted to drive here. Roger Yasakawa made the call to Dale Coy, just a few laps away from his first championship, and Colton Herta, just a few laps away from getting yet another victory. Average starting position for Alex Pillow is 7.2. Average finish position, 7.5. Jake Query, just one pull on the season, but he's about 10 turns away from a championship. Indeed, running the last lap here on the streets of Long Beach, California. Colton Herta is the leader. Alex Pillow runs fourth as they work their way around the fountain area. Colton Herta now with the pole sitter, Joseph Newgarden, just behind him. They have a two-car length gap back before you get to Scott Dixon. Then five car lengths back to the very patient, but you can bet at this point, conscientious of what's happening, Alex Pillow into turn number seven. Colton Herta through turn number eight, your race leader, trying to close the season with back-to-back race wins behind him. Three spots back. Alex Pillow looking for a championship uh, clincher. Here comes Colton Herta on the final time through turn number nine. Michael Herta, your race leader, and Pillow in fourth. You can throw Kurt, Colton Herta's name in the hat to be a future champion, but we will crown a new champion today, his second season in the NTT IndyCar Series. Here comes Colton Herta and Alex Pillow. Aaron Likens waves the twin checkers for Colton Herta. He wins the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, and Alex Pillow is your 2021 champion. Davey Dale Coyne signed him a couple of years ago. People said, who? And then when he <laughs> signed with Dale Coyne, people said, what? Now they're saying wow about Alex Below. Absolutely they are. What a what what a cool cool oh looks like Charlie Kimball got a little with race isn't over for some of these guys, Mark. Looks like Charlie Kimball got spun in turn eleven, but you can't you can't argue with the talent that this kid has. And we got some young guns in this series right now are just unbelievable. How about Colton Hurd just winning two the last two races? You got Pato Award, fight for the championship with Alex Below. Uh, the new young guys, man, they're exciting, they're fun to watch and Man, they're going to be battling with each other for years to come. Ryan Marine, how about a scene set from a happy NDT Day to Pit Box? I'll tell you what, the celebration is on at this point. High fives and smiles abound as Chip Ganassi Racing celebrates their 14th championship dating back to 1996 in the NTT IndyCar Series. Barry Wanzer and the rest of this number 10 crew celebrating their championship in the pit lane. Let's go around the course, get some thoughts and impressions on our turn announcers, not only of today's race, but also on this 2021 season. We'll start with Jay Query. Mark, it was so cool here on the cool-down lap. Colton Herta and Alex Pillow went side-by-side, both waving so that fans could salute the race winner. They could salute the season champion, and we once again crown 
a year of racing in the NTT IndyCar Series. What a privilege and an honor to again be able to call it and to do it with the best group of guys and girls and friends each and every race weekend here on the IndyCar Radio Network. Mark, it was yet another great season of racing. And Jake may not be done. He's going to head down to Pit Road to help Alex and Ryan with the uh, post-race festivities. The thoughts and impressions from Turn 8 and Nick Yeoman. Uh, Victory Donuts for Alex Pillow. And I go back to the month of May when he had that spirited battle. It may be the defining moment of this season when Elio Castroneves won his fourth Indianapolis 500. Alex Pillow said it stings, but I know that there are big moments ahead. He came so close to winning the Indianapolis 500. He gets the prize at the end of the year. Mark, uh, this young Spaniard, just 24 years old, a champion in his second year in IndyCar. It is absolutely unbelievable. It's been a long time, uh, Michael Young, since we've seen that 10 car regularly in contention. Not only was it in contention, but it's won a championship. The last guy to do it in that 10 machine was the legendary Dario Franchitti something to see the maturation of this young driver in such a short amount of time again as i had said coming over from spain wanting to be an indycar driver several thought well why not f1 he goes no i want to race in indycar he is such a likable young man and to see what he was able to accomplish and in that 10 car and it and it's great to see ricky davis his chief mechanic back on a championship form team as well it has been such a fantastic season and mark as i look at uh, the grandstands of fans are still packed they're not leaving yet. This is just a, a fitting finish to uh, coming off of 2020. And in this 2021 season, things finally seeming like they're normal again. It's been a fantastic season and a privilege to work with everybody here on the IndyCar Radio Network. So long from the streets of Long Beach. This has been a good one. Well done, Michael Young. Safe travels. Post-race festivities when we come back. Uh, Colton Hurdle led 43 laps to get the win today. Alex Pillow finished fourth, which is all he needed to do. And uh, he wins the 2021 championship. Davey Hamilton, Manufacturers Championship, wrapped up a week ago. Honda with a win over Chevy. I'm sure Chevy's already getting to work on being in contention for that championship next year. Yeah, absolutely they are. They came close, but didn't quite have enough to get it done this year. Alex Pillow, obviously, did what a great job this year he's done with that Ganassi race team and shows he's the real deal. And, and, and you know when you have Honda and Chip Ganassi, uh, it's usually we're talking about Scott Dixon, as you said, in this 10-car last, Dario Franchitti. But, now, man, this young gun, Alex Pillow, uh, this isn't his last chance to win championships. He's gonna, he has a long, long future uh, with this great team, and, and Chip knows how to win championships. And what, his 10th one, is that what I? What I hear is it's 10th one. It's amazing for a car owner as well. Well, let's not forget, he came pretty close to winning the Indy 500 this year, too. He, yeah, He, he no. took quickly to 16th at Georgetown. There's no <laughs> doubt. <laughs> yeah, a solid second-place finish at the Indianapolis 500. Had an opportunity to win it. So uh, you'd think he's a veteran uh, uh, for many years, but he's going to be a young kid and a lot, to, a lot of success in this future, that's for sure. Ryan Marine has our NTT Series champion. It was a lifelong dream for Alex Pillow, who as a young man targeted being an IndyCar driver one day. A circuitous route to get here, racing in Europe, then in Japan, and then last year made his debut in the NTT IndyCar Series. One year after that, he is a series champion. Chip Ganassi comes in for a big old hug. He says, unbelievable. You are the best. They are just laughing, smiling. We are. Champion. 
Champions. That's the word, Alex. Just your second year in the series, and you achieve a lifelong goal. Yeah, what can I say? Thanks so much. Scott Dixon comes in for a hug. You deserve that so much. Thank you. Tremendous job. Well done. Well done. Thanks, Scott. Alex, your emotions. <laughs> They're pouring over. Oh, just overflowing here, the emotions in victory lane. Yeah, we just want to celebrate now, um, but yeah, I don't know what to say. The, the, the team did an amazing job once again, um, but throughout all the season. So they got me here. We did a tremendous job, obviously. Uh, the number 10 entity data was was amazing and Honda it's it's amazing the mileage that they gave us throughout the season so super proud the year started with a win at Barber but it's not been without its ups and downs there were a couple of weeks there where it seemed like the luck wouldn't come your way but it never seemed to affect you how did you power through the adversity this year well I think when we yeah. got some of <laughs> yeah, nice and smooth. this is Barry Wanzer his strategist oh, yes. awesome. <laughs> So yeah, sorry, I don't know the question, but no, it's all right. How did you get through the difficult times these guys, of this year? These guys, um, they they helped me prepare, and and we just kept kept it smooth all all season, and and kept uh, believing in ourselves, and that's what got us here. When you won that race in Barber, did that put the thought in your mind that yes? A championship is within reach with this team? Well, once you are in a big family and team like Chip Ganassi Racing, you know you have the tools and, and the people to make it happen. So even before Barber, we knew we, we could fight for it. Going back to last year, Dale Coyne gave you the shot to come here and race in the States. What is the significance of that opportunity that Dale gave to you? Yeah, super happy that uh, Team Go, Dale Coyne and, and, and Honda as well uh, gave me the opportunity to be here. I'm, I'm sure that they would be proud and happy now. And last thing, I know you usually eat your fried chicken after a win. You didn't win, but will you but allow yourself some? That's a championship, so yeah, there's going to be fried chicken tonight. Congratulations. Enjoy it. Your 2021 champion, Alex Pillow. Hey. Let's hear from your race winner, Colton Herta, Alex Wolf. Colton Herta just got done getting a beer bath from his Gainbridge crew as we work our way in. A hug from his father, Brian. Run from 14th to the win, his father and son debrief. And Colton, we talked about before the race about maybe a silver lining in the cloud of uh, the trouble yesterday in qualifying. The strategy opened up with the tires. What was that run to the front, led the most laps, and you win here on the streets of Long Beach? Yeah, what the heck just happened? Um, I'm lost for words. You know, we started 14th. I thought there's no way that we could make it all the way up to the front. Um, but, you know, IndyCar is just so unpredictable and when you show up with a great car um you know it's it's hard not to keep you behind so great team great car such a big win for for honda um happy to be powered by them right in their backyard right in my backyard man i i you know i remember this race coming to there when i was you know seven six five years old and and this is the one i always wanted to win so i can't believe i i was able to do it so early in my career and and get it done you know so happy down the stretch, you were on the uh, black tires. You had New Guy up behind on the reds. He kept uh, closing in. You'd pull away. It was almost like you were on a yo-yo. What was going through your mind during those last few laps as he was trying to run you down? I was just saying, please do not drop off. You know, I didn't know what the black tires were going to do, what they were going to be like, if they were going to drop off or what. 
So I was, I was just thanking, thanking. I was just thankful in the end when they didn't. Um, and, you know, just trying to focus corner by corner, just trying to nail it because I knew if I made one little mistake, it would have given Joseph a, a little bit of an upper hand to try to make a move. Strong finish to the season. The win at Laguna Seca last week. You went on the streets of Long Beach. Like you said, a dream come true for you. How long do you maybe a savor? Let's finish to the season fifth in the points before you start to look ahead to 2022. Sorry, I didn't hear the end of your question. How long uh, goes uh, by before you start to turn your attention to 2022? Uh, you know, I'd say a month at least, you know, kind of chill out, not do much. Um, and then probably at the end of the month is when we'll start reviewing stuff that we did in 2021 that was wrong or what was good. Battle Award comes in to congratulate Colton. And lastly, got to know, is there a special order at King Taco for a win? And has that maybe been either a pre-ordered or how soon is that going to come? I don't, I don't know. Um, I definitely have to hit King Talk. I've already hit it a few times this weekend, so I have to get it again before I go because uh, we actually deserve it right now. Great drive today. Congratulations, and we'll see you in 2022. Thank you. That's Colton Herta takes the win here on the streets of Long Beach, California. Comes from 14th, 15th spot. Michael Andretti started for the win. 17th starting position for Paul Tracy and Mike Conway. 22nd for John Watson in F1 competition. The only drivers to win from further back as we head to Jake. Query. Elio Castroneves started this race third, finished 20th. It almost felt like one of those days where you guys simply rolled the dice and then boom, all of a sudden the track changed a little bit on you. What was your takeaway from it in terms of the strategy call? And then secondly, just your optimism taking it into next year. Yeah, the start obviously was great. Um, we were right there in the pace with the guys. So it was really good. Um, um, obviously, when I saw the yellow, I in this strategy situation, I let the team understand they have more information. However, I kind of felt strange, but it could play in our hand, as you said. It was a, it was a little of a gamble, and unfortunately, uh, it's just going. It went wrong way. Um, however, uh, the track was actually under, I understood. I, once you were in the back there, we put that black tires. Car was handling a little bit different because we missed our warm up. There was a lot of uh, scenarios that I would have changed uh, if I would have had the warm up. Unfortunately, I wasn't able to do it, and I paid the price um, on the race. But car was actually decent. And uh, but overall, it's no question an incredible um, preparation for next year. Fit, starting strong the race, knowing that what we can, the speed that we have, it definitely show a lot of potential for next year. Be um, be up front. We look forward to bugging you for another year, Elio. I'm looking forward for you to bug me, my friend. Elio Castroneves. Ryan? Joseph Newgarden started on pole, a strong run to second, and a smile on your face at least a moment ago. What do you make of your race today, Joseph? Uh, yeah, good race. Just, you know, unfortunate with the yellow. That that didn't play in our favor. So um, I wish that was at a different time or it didn't come out. But other than that, I think we executed a pretty good day. Uh, came up short today, came up short in the championship. You know, it's hard to be disappointed with second. It's a pretty good run. It's just it's not what we aim to do. You know, we aim to, to win the championship. So we're disappointed. I'm, I'm certainly disappointed. So, you know, all we can do at this point is pack up, congratulate our competitors, and, and, and go on to next year. So, um, yeah, hard-fought season, just, just a little short. You had a nice close run there, closing in on Colton towards the end. Was there any point where you thought you might have something for him? Not at that stage in the race. You know, I think you get in the lead at that point, and you're kind of controlling it, um, and that's what happened. Thanks, Joseph. Alex? For Scott Dixon, final step on the podium here on the streets of Long Beach third. I know not the result you want.
wanted on the track in the top step, but a great day for the team with Alex Pillow taking the title in the 10 car. Yeah, that's all that matters, you know, is uh, obviously Chip keeping the championship and keeping it at home. So massive congrats to everybody on the on the 10 car, uh, Alex, uh, you know, all the engineering group, but, you know, everybody as a team, I think everybody executed today, even Jimmy, I think, to secure the, you know, uh, the leader circle stuff. I think he passed a few cars at the end to, to you know, equate and get the 48 in that as well. So uh, big for everybody. So super proud of uh, super proud of Alex and, and what he's done this year. He's a, he's a young talent, a super talent, but races like a veteran. So it's, uh, it's definitely pretty impressive. But um, yeah, struggle uh, for us today. Just track position was really tough. Uh, I felt like we had much more pace than the two early on. And then he had pace later in the, in the stint. So it became a very uh, difficult to try and jump him with the pit sequence. It was another great season for you, and congratulations on the run today, and we'll see you next season. Yeah, thanks, man. Cheers. Yep, good stuff in our post-race. Uh, Jake Query, thanks for running out for turn one to help those guys out. Ryan Marine and also Alex Wolf. we heard from the top four here at the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. Full-field rundown for the final time. Colton Herta, your winner. He led 43 laps. Joseph Newgarden finished second. He led 18 laps. Scott Dixon, Alex Below, Simon Pagino through fifth. Sixth was Alexander Rossi, seventh. Jack Harvey, eighth. Sebastian Bourdais, ninth. Takuba Sato, tenth. Will Power, eleventh. Scott McLaughlin, Ed Jones, twelfth. Thirteenth, Felix Rosenquist, fourteenth. James Hinchcliffe, Chilton, fifteenth. Ray Hall, sixteenth. Johnson, seventeenth. Charlie Kimball, eighteenth. Dalton Kellett, nineteenth. Elio Castro Nevis, twentieth. Connor Daly, a lap down in 21st, two laps down, 22nd. Oliver Askew, Ryan Hunter Ray, 23rd, two laps down. Romain Grosjean, 24th. He was out of the race on lap 75. 25th was Renus VK. Last uh, lap he ran was lap 48. Callum Eilat went out on lap 47. He finishes 26th, 27th, Pato Award, and 28th. Erickson, who ran just 25 laps. As we said, Herta led twice for 43 laps. Joseph Newgarden led 18 laps. Elio, 15. Ray Hall, 4. Askew, 3. So seven leaders, seven lead changes. There were four cautions for 13 laps. Jack Harvey was plus 18 on the day. Bordet, plus 14th. Herta, plus 13th in getting the win. Jimmy Johnson, plus 10 on the day. Alexander Rossi, plus 9. So your championship looks like this. Alex Pillow beats Joseph Newgarden by 38 points. 62 back was uh, Pato Award. Scott Dixon, 68 points back in fourth. And uh, that's your top four in points. And uh, a big, strong finish by Colton Hurd allowed him to pull within 94 points. He finishes fifth. And Davey Hamilton, it was a spirited championship. And as you said, nobody really really seemed to have a firm grasp on the championship until the last half of this race with Alex Pillow. Yeah, that's right. Alex knew what he had to do coming into this race. Almost, you know, that first lap incident with Jones getting back a pot award and and then some damage potentially to to Pelot's car. You never know what that could have led into. And uh, but he did what he had to do. Again, another championship, first one for him. Could be many, many more. But I'll tell you what, Mark. This has been an exciting season. Exciting season, and just being able to see all these young drivers uh, doing what they do, giving these veterans a, a bit of a headache, I should say to know that they're here to stay and here to stay for a long time. It's been a great year. I'm actually already excited for next year. I think with the drivers, the teams, the sponsors that are joining the NTT series uh, or the IndyCar series, it's pretty amazing. And uh, uh, just it's an honor to be on the radio with you guys as well. Yeah, nobody else I'd rather do this with. Well done, brother. 
Thank you. We'll, uh, we'll talk soon. Our driver analyst, Davey Hamilton, safe travels to you. And uh, Nick Yeoman stays with us and, uh, through the end of the post race. And, Nick, it's been a phenomenal campaign and uh, really happy for this young man, Alex Pillow. I, I think we're seeing a star on the rise, most assuredly. You know, I think the uh, the harshest part about the pandemic here last year when we didn't have fans at so many races was that IndyCar fans didn't get to get up close and personal and meet Alex Pillow. For those of us that got to go on the road last year, uh, we found out just how likable this young man is. Always smiling, always jovial. And then when he gets on the racetrack, he becomes the gorilla that is all over his helmet. He is a ferocious competitor, a super nice guy, and uh, someone who's going to represent this sport very, very well as a champion. Uh, well done this year, my friend. Uh, you, you and I have a little bit more business to do. We're yeah. going to join our friends with the Performance Racing Network at uh, at Charlotte Motor Speedway for the Roval in a couple of weeks. And then after that, you go to Texas to work with those folks. We're going to cap off the year with a little stock car racing, brother. Yeah, we're looking forward to it for sure. Great job, Nick Yeoman, all season long. Well, we come back uh, courtesy of uh, Master Control Operator and our producer, Sam Rumsa. We will recap for you this entire 2021 campaign and say so long for the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach. The Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach has been brought to you by Firestone, the official tire of the NTT IndyCar Series for driving IndyCar legends. American Medical Response, official partner of the NTT IndyCar Series and the AMR IndyCar Safety Team. Racing Electronics, in-car race communications provided by Racing Electronics. The Indy Racing Experience, the fastest seat in sports. The Children's Foundation, proud sponsor of Racing for Kids. Henchman Racing Uniforms, nothing fits like a henchman. Speedway, official fuel and convenience store of IndyCar. Coors Light, cold as the Rockies, Coors Light is proud to be the official beer partner of the IndyCar Series. Coors Light, made to chill. By Safety Clean, official environmental service partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. Racing Optics, the official aero screen and helmet tear-off of the NTT IndyCar Series. Borg Warner, official turbochargers of the NTT IndyCar Series. Owens Corning, official safer barrier provider of the NTT IndyCar Series. And by NTT, official technology and title partner of the NTT IndyCar Series. Our driver analyst was Davey Hamilton, covering the action around the track. Nick Yeoman, Michael Young, and Jake Query. In the pits, Alex Wolf and Ryan Marine. The chief engineer is Rick Evans. Satellite support by Scott Burgett. Our producer is Sam Rumsa. The network director is Chris Pollock. This is Mark James, thank you for listening to the NTT IndyCar Series all season long on this IndyCar Radio Network station. Be sure to come right back here for the kickoff to the 2022 campaign on the streets of St. Petersburg, Sunday, February 27th. In the meantime, don't forget, you can download the TuneIn app and hear classic Indy 500 radio broadcasts 24-7 anywhere you go. And now a recap of this fascinating 2021 campaign, courtesy of producer Sam Rumsa. He waves to salute his crew and twin checkers in the air. And Alex Pillow will go to victory lane for the first time. He wins the Honda Indy Grand Prix of Alabama to kick off the 2021 campaign. What's next? Go for the championship, right? Seems logical, yes. Yeah. Okay. Can you do it? Of course. We're P1 in the championship. If I'm not wrong, so <laughs> we're going to go for it. Twin checkers out. A dominant day for young Colton Herta. Career win number four. He wins the Firestone Grand Prix of St. Petersburg. Everybody did such a good job and, and so happy that all the fans could be here. It was so awesome to be back in St. Pete and in front of 20,000 people on a sold-out crowd. It's amazing. 
One more cowboy hat goes to the hat rack for Scott Dixon. Twin checkers out, and he will go to victory lane. He will win the Genesis 300 here at Texas Motor Speedway. Just a huge thanks. Obviously, the pit stops were phenomenal tonight um, from the team. You know, strategy was spot on. So it's a team effort, man. Always a team effort. Different drivers were dominant on this day, but the driver that was dominant when it counted, Young Pato Award. Twin checkers out. He goes to victory lane. He wins the XFL 375 at Texas Motor Speedway. You know, I truly feel like we, we have a great chance to challenge for the championship. Uh, we're right up there, so we're going to continue pushing. Let's go, man. I love IndyCar racing. 2020 NDT IndyCar Series Rookie of the Year. Twin checkers out, and he is a winner at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. Congratulations to Renus VK. He wins the GMR Grand Prix. It's been a very tough road. Uh, I've been lucky in some occasions, but, you know, this first victory is one that I will never, ever, ever forget in my life. Off turn four for the final time. Elio Castro Nevis comes to the start-finish line. Twin checkers out. because this fans uh, last year was so tough and this year we don't have full grandstand but uh, you got the feeling and uh, thank you the fans uh, i have the best fans in the world and so an honor to have them it's been a slow and steady climb to prominence for marcus erickson quit checker sounded for the first time in his ntt indycar series career he will go to victory lane at bell isle i came over here to indycar with that fire to try and win again and i worked really hard and I've had people believe in me, both in the team, but also back home, you know, supporting me and believing in me. And to get to victory lane just means a lot. Pato Award with a 5.8 second lead. And what a charge he made over the last 10 laps of this race. Twin checkers out. And Pato Award wins race number two here on the streets of Belle Isle. Oh, this to these guys because they gave me a great car all weekend. So the plan all along was to get in the fountain and go swimming at the end of the day. He'll see the twin checkers, and he will go to victory lane. Alex Pomeau wins the Rev Group Grand Prix presented by AMR here at Road America. I said it's my favorite place, um, but I think it's everybody's favorite place. This place is amazing. Look at all the fans, and yeah, we got to keep it going again. <laughs> Twin checkers out, and Joseph Newgarden probably will be as relieved as any driver ever to get to victory lane. He wins the Honda Indy 200 at Mid-Ohio. I feel like anything that could be thrown at us has pretty much been done, uh, but we finally, you know, we knocked one down, put one on the board. Marcus Erickson sets up for the final turn, and when he makes it, he'll see the twin checkers in the air. Win number two in the career of Marcus Erickson in a wild and woolly Music City Grand Prix. Uh, to be honest, I thought it was game over. I thought the car was going to break, but, you know, Dallara built uh, really strong cars, and, uh, you know, to be flying like that and then end up in victory lane is just, uh, I can't believe it. I still can't believe how we pulled that off. Twin checkers fly the Big Machine Spike Coolers Grand Prix, a dominant performance by Will Power. He'll go to victory lane. Oh, man, it means.
means a lot. I can't tell you how much it means to win these days. Yeah, um, yeah, when you're in your 40s and still kicking ass, that's awesome. You can't doubt yourself. You just got to keep digging and searching. For the final time, Joseph Newgarden comes to the start-finish line. Twin checkers out, and he wins the Bomberito Automotive Group 500 at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Real thankful for my team and teammates, and uh, just happy to be clawing back into this chase with Team Chevy. Alex Pelot is your race winner for the Grand Prix of Portland. It's his third win of the season, and he extends his points lead with two races to go in the IndyCar Championship. Oh my God, I cannot believe everything that happened uh, today. We kept our heads down. Uh, the guys did an amazing job on the pit stops on the strategy. Colton Herta will lead 91 of 95 laps. It's his fifth win of his career. Colton Herta scores the victory in the Firestone Grand Prix of Monterey. Yeah, it was hectic, but it was a lot of fun. Uh, happy to have Honda on board and Gamebridge. And yeah, like you said, the crew did amazing today. Uh, we definitely deserve it. Darren Likens waves the twin checkers for Colton Herta. He wins the Acura Grand Prix of Long Beach, and Alex Pillow is your 2021 champion. Man, I, I, you know, I remember this race coming to here when I was, you know, seven, six, five years old, and and this is the one I always wanted to win. So I can't believe I, I was able to do it so early in my career and, and get it done. You know, so happy. Yeah, we just want to celebrate now, um, but yeah, I don't know what to say. The, the, the team did an amazing job once again, um, but throughout all the season. So they got me here. We did a tremendous job, obviously. Uh, the number 10 entity data I was was amazing, and Honda, it's, it's amazing. The mileage that they gave us throughout the season, so super proud. The preceding was an exclusive copyrighted presentation of the Indianapolis Motor Speedway Radio Network.